0: How
1: are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. Podcasting from the Pacific Northwest, the caffeine and sasquatch capital of the world, and home to the world's biggest Highland Games fans. This is Fork Talk. Will you fight? A podcast about all things Highland Games, heavy events, competitive throwing, and the greatest sporting event ever invented on God's green earth. sheep And now here are your hosts, Big Daddy and Haas.
0: But they'll never take our freedom!
2: So there I was, n- knee-deep in a rice paddy, right? Right. And all of a sudden...
3: Big Daddy, we're on.
2: Listen, we're this big, old uh, guy comes out, picked. and he says, Get out of my rice! And it was Uncle Ben. <laughs> we're on! Oh, we're on? We're oh, on! Oh, sorry about that. I, I get into these stories. You know. That
3: is your freedom.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: You're not going to take our freedom, not even for our third episode... Ladies and gentlemen.
3: Episode of 14. And
2: we're still on, baby.
3: Yes, siree. They haven't pulled us off yet.
2: Not yet, anyway. Hey, <laughs> hey. I'm your host, as usual, the lovely and charming Jay Big Daddy O'Neill, and I have my lovely co host, none other than Brett Haas
3: Lathrop. Thank you, Big Daddy. All the way from morning. Very nice. No worries. Hey, we've got our um, usual fantastic staff. Super fantastic staff. Except for the fact that, um, let's see, your handler, (laughs) Devil Ange, is gone. She's not here. She's persona non grata. Uh, Candy Sprinkles, our producer, gone. At a birthday party, I believe. Yeah. But thank God we've got intern Slim Jim. Slim Jim. Jim. Slim Jim, no pressure. Just (laughs) like the whole show is riding on you. On your shoulders. Yeah, real cool.
2: And your broad shoulders. I think you can do it. Let me tell you something. I got faith in this I kid. Got, I got faith in this kid, too, and I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, he comes from the fruit of your loins. I didn't say fruit of the loom, either.
3: Right, yes.
2: You know, and then, of course, you got your better half, Stephanie, i.e., candy sprinkles. Yes. Or should I say A.K.A.? Is it A.K.A. or I.E.? Whatever. Who cares? It's yeah. our show. I can say whatever I want to say.
3: A.K.A., yeah.
2: We don't have anybody tell us what to do here. So. Right. Yeah, we have to shout out to our staff. Uh, even though they're not here, we appreciate
3: their help. <laughs> <laughs> Website, www.fork-talk.com. Dash. Don't forget the dash. That's right. And our Facebook, uh, Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Haas. Don't get any better than that. Yep. No,
2: sir. Let's do some sponsor sponsor shouts.
3: Sponsor shouts.
2: We like to call them shouts. They're shout outs. We like to talk to people about people who sponsor our show and, of course, our best Favorite sponsor in the entire world of, we're going to talk about. And we're going to say that this thrilling new episode of Fork Talk, episode Trace. Trace. I'm using my Spanish again. Um, yeah. Is sponsored by Mattress Ranch. When you need a new mattress, you owe it to yourself to check out the Mattress Ranch. No phony sales, no elbow twisting salespeople. Just everyday low prices by reasonably nice people. Ten locations throughout Washington and Alaska. They're online at MattressRanch.com. That's one word, MattressRanch.com. Mention Fork Talk, and what do you get, Hoss? You get a
3: funny look, You're baby. damn
2: right to do, because they don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> but, hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about these guys. So I always got to give a little plug to these guys, because you yeah. know what? They they do yeah. a good job.
3: Tell us something new about uh, about Mattress Ranch.
2: Well, you know, Max Sattler, right? He's the guy who runs the place. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Good friend of ours, thrower. Yep. Uh, awesome dude. Yep. Uh, he, he he told me about this memory foam stuff. You ever hear of that? Sure,
3: yeah. Memory foam, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. What do you like about it? Well, it, it's it's amazing the way the technology kind of cradles you and mm-hmm. you know, kind of adjusts to your uh, shape and size right. and all that. Yeah. yeah, like
2: a shape shifter, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've heard of memory foam. Uh, they have it there. They do? They do. Cool. But wow. they also have the gel memory foam. Gel memory foam? Gel memory foam. It was designed to keep you cool as you sleep. Oh, really? Yeah, that way you don't sleep hot. And we know, you know, I know from uh, from, uh, a little birdie named Candy Sprinkles that you sleep extremely hot, my friend.
3: I have a well-regulated engine. That's what I'm saying.
2: They call you the furnace.
3: So it, it dissipates your body heat to kind of keep it nice and even.
2: Yeah, some of, I guess some of the older memory foams, I guess it kept you kind of warm. It was hot or whatever, you know. Yeah, and, I can, I can that, see that. Yeah. But you can check it out at Mattress Ranch. You know, you can go to MattressRanch.com. They have them on there. And I also understand that. That's cool. You know, you've heard of that uh, the commercial, uh, that insert commercial where they have the, uh, no, I'm gelling commercials. Yeah, yeah. Well, they use the same gel in those uh, shoe soles that they use in this.
3: Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah that kind of and technology.
2: Some kind of secret technology nobody knows nothing about. That's cool. Yeah, but it's, it's nice, keeps you cool. Well, I'd, I, I'd have one. I understand it's U.S. made and all that, so it's good stuff. That's the thing, too, and a lot of people don't understand that. It is made right here in the U.S. of A. Yep. Yeah. And their factory is in Sumner. Sumner,
0: yeah. yeah so yeah, it's, it's right here stuff. in
2: Washington. We're supporting uh, supporting the good old U.S. of A there. You know, we're not getting our mattresses from some sweatshop in Taiwan where they actually stuff it with human hair. to <laughs>
3: You stop with the human hair.
2: I'm telling you, I got it on good information. Got
3: issues. I got issues. I, I got plenty of issues. Hey, Big Daddy, we have got a new sponsor as well. Oh, I'm excited about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got a new sponsor. It's G Force Strength Unit. Uh huh. Um, yeah. But you're going to hear more about that later because they are actually sponsoring the historical figure segment. They are. Yeah, so absolutely. We'll, so we'll, we'll do a shout for that later.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it it's going to be a great shout. Yep. So. Uh, as everybody knows and is aware, if you listen to our show, which everybody is,
3: yeah, right? pretty much the whole world. I mean, yeah. the buzz is there. Okay,
2: yeah. I got a call from a guy in Antarctica. Did you? Yeah, yesterday. Calls hold, me up. He says, word. "He says, hey, I'm like, what do you? Who is this? Not very good reception from Antarctica. Right. But what I believe he was trying to say is, fork talk is the shiznit. Okay, <laughs> I'm
3: sure." I'm sure that's what he was trying pretty, to say. I'm
2: pretty that translated, I'm pretty sure that's what he meant. Yeah. So uh everyone that knows us, knows our show. We you know, we, we talk about sheaves, we talk about forks, you know, that's our preface because of course we love yep. sheaf.
3: Yep, Highland and, Games, maybe.
2: And Highland Games, uh, we, we talk about it, we love it, it's our passion. So anyway, uh Jason Clevenger approached us with a – he had his he was making his four hundred sheaf. Yep. Okay.
0: Four hundred. And
2: so he wanted to do something kind of Cool and help the show out as well as you know. Celebrate
0: the event.
3: Celebrate the event. Yeah, Yeah. I
2: mean, 400 sheaves, handmade sheaves
3: for a handmade product. Making that many large, you know, things it's it's not inconsequential. It's a lot of
2: sheaf. You're not punching them out on a press, okay? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not pouring them into a mold over here, okay? Exactly. So uh, this guy's and he makes a great product, of course, as you and I both know. Yep. So he says, hey, I'm going to give away my four of the sheaf to one of your Fork Talk listeners. Of course, we had the guidelines, which was, you know, post your favorite picture of sheaf. You yep. with the sheaf fork, you throwing the sheaf, somebody you know throwing a sheaf. Exactly, yep. And then give a little dialogue about the picture and what sheaf means to you. Yep. Okay? Yep. And uh, we got a lot of response. Yes. I mean, Huge was, minute. I've got to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest when I say this. I did not expect the number of likes total that we got. For this little uh, competition, yeah, do you remember the number?
3: It was significant. Well, let's not give it away because we'll we'll talk about that. at uh, Well, I'm at just the saying it, it was, was a lot, lot of
2: damn likes. It's a lot. Okay, in fact, it, it was more likes than we actually have for our own Fork Talk page, which it's I gone up significantly. Hope, though I know it's gone up some, but I wanted to go up more.
3: Yeah. Well, so, we'll keep pushing it.
2: I'm damn right. We're gonna keep pushing it.
3: Yep. So most likes won. Right. The most right. likes most won. Likes. Yep. And it ended last night midnight. Friday Indeed. midnight, yeah. And
2: that was uh, Pacific Standard Time.
3: Pacific, yep, right. that's right. Yep. So we're going to announce the winner on the show today. We are. Yep, we are. That's going to be good. I can't
2: wait. That's going to be fun.
3: So, Big Daddy, we've got a great show. We First do. of all, we're going to do some current events. Right. right? A current right. event. We've, we're going to talk about Vikings. We've been putting this one off, but I want to <laughs> talk about some Vikings. The
2: Minnesota Vikings, one of my favorite football teams.
3: They are good, but yeah. no, just Vikings in general. What do you mean? Uh, we're going to talk about Vikings. And we can talk about Minnesota Vikings as well. Uh, you histori- mean the guys that wear the horn helmets and such? Ah, see, we're going to talk about that because that may be a problem. Why? Uh, just wait. I'll well, I can you. see where it
2: would be a problem. I mean, you got those damn horns on just your helmet. That's got to hurt if you just poke somebody. Just
3: wait. By. Historical figure. Always know, love One of that. our favorite bits. Yep.
2: Abraham Lincoln, they're still talking about still it. Still talking about it. I went it. to a coffee shop the other day. Yeah. Guy doesn't know me. He walks up. He says, hey, you do that Fork Talk show, don't you? I go, yeah. How would you know? He goes, well, I'm a listener. And guess what? That Abraham Lincoln bit, that was something else. <laughs> I tell you, it's amazing. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. You know, I pushed him down and stole his coffee. So, <laughs> wait for distance. Wait, we're going to talk about that's a good event. Yeah.
3: And as uh, as always, a special guest,
2: Whoa. a special guest
3: that you have not uh, pre announced. Thank God for once.
2: I got to tell you something, folks. <laughs> this was very difficult for me. Okay, because ever since I was a young boy, <laughs> and I was and I grew up, and you know, we didn't have a whole lot when I was a kid. You know, and. Every time I wanted Christmas time, I would go and look for the presents. I was a spoiler, okay? If my mom got my sister something and said, don't tell her what I got her, I'd say, no, mom, I won't. I'd walk right up and tell her, okay? (laughs) So I can't help it. I got a big mouth. I'm a blabber mouth, all right? I gave away Ryan Vieira. I gave away Miles Wetzel, okay?
3: But you're not giving this one away.
2: Well, I couldn't, you know, and I'll tell you why. Because, ladies and gentlemen, since our last podcast, Hoss Lathrop has had me locked up in a closet. (laughs) With a piece of duct tape over my mouth. He true. fed me barely anything. I mean, breadcrumbs. The cupboard under the stairs. even Harry Potter. Fish heads. You know, a little bit of rice here and there. Oh, I've, I've lost 100 pounds.
3: Slim Jim, you know those those uncles you have that make stuff up constantly and never know what they're saying because they just make it up? Yeah. Big Daddy.
2: Are you <coughs> calling me the crazy
3: uncle? Could be. Could be the drunk uncle. I hey, let's go well, some...
2: kindle your boyfriend.
3: Hey, let's do some shouts. Shouts. Yep. Uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Yes, First of do. all, um, on the on our website www.fork-talk.com. Fork Talk. We had some new um, we had some new posts there as well. Jeff Cast uh, said, "Finally, a talk show that I can relate to." Love that. Amen, brother. I love that. Um, Crush thinks that we may have to step up the frequency. I tell you what, there's a lot of work that goes into yeah, this. Yeah, so yeah. more than every two weeks, I'm, it might. Put it into my uh, throwing time.
2: But we could do it. And I'll tell you how we could do it. If we got more sponsorship, Uh, I could quit my day job. (laughs) You could quit your day job. We could do this full time. That would be awesome. That
3: would be a lot of sponsorship money.
2: Yeah, well, you know what? These guys need to kick up some bucks. (laughs) Uh,
3: Pony up some ducats. And then Jim Walker says, uh, life is now complete because he was mentioned on Fork Talk.
2: Well, he'll probably have an aneurysm after this show.
3: (laughs) That's nice. That's good stuff.
2: Big Jim um, Walker, shout out to you, brother.
3: Facebook, um, Clint Barker had a great idea. Oh, yeah, he posted this, idea. this in the middle of the yeah. competition, Fork Tuck shirt slogan. He wanted to know when we're going to be selling the Go Fork Yourself t-shirts. <laughs> inspired. We'll give you at least 10 cents out of every shirt we sell. Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> the only thing that pissed me off about that was I didn't think of it. It's true, you are the idea guy. You're telling me. Uh, Eric, the other funny thing too was Eric Wechter claiming that the chief competition <laughs> photos were a sausage fest. So he introduced a picture of Regina, which was hilarious.
2: True, you know, and and like <laughs> I like I responded. Of course, it is a chief.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but uh, you know, I've seen uh, Adrian and some of the the elite women throw sheaf. They throw it pretty well, brother.
2: Let me tell you something, tell Adrian me. Wilson. Yes. Okay. I've met her in person. Yes. You've met her in person. All yes. right, mm-hmm. awesome, nice gal. Her husband Joe Wilson, another guy, yeah. sweet guy, awesome dude. Right, yeah. he yep. owns Delaney's Pub. If yep. anybody's hungry in the North Carolina area, area yep. that's a free that's a free shot for you. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, she is an amazing athlete. She okay, is. and yep. uh, I think I said on our last show, she actually went to the Olympic trials for shot put yep. last year. Yep. Um, just an amazing athlete and and um, and a nice person too. Okay. That's why it's so great that when you have a competition like the World Championships. Yes. All right, which took place last last week,
3: two weekends ago.
2: Was it last week or two weeks ago?
3: Two weeks ago, because it was the weekend we, we, uh, we broadcast
2: last. Right, that's right. And we, yeah.
3: we gave a shout out to all the ladies that were going to Arizona to compete, right, right yep, from the 49th absolutely. Arizona Celtic Gathering.
2: Indeed. Yes. Yeah.
3: So we got the. Do we have the? Uh, who won?
2: We do. Ooh. As a matter of fact, we do. Yep. So uh, a nice segue into who won is uh, Adrian Wilson won. Again, man, she's amazing. She is amazing. She yeah. is. I mean, she is an awesome thrower. She's a very, very awesome thrower and a strong... She's stronger than hell.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I saw a video of her close grip bench pressing, 185 pounds. Wow. Okay? Wow. Now, if you've ever seen her in person, you can see why. She's got triceps like uh, she does have, a crazy person. Yeah, awesome yeah. triceps. She'll probably slap me with them yeah. the next time she sees me, but...
3: Uh, coming in second, someone late to the games, newer, really trying to learn it as fast as she can. Great powerlifter, Christy Scott. Yeah, one of, nineteen points, one four of Washington's behind,
2: one of Washington's own.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was days. at.
2: I think I was at one of her first games. I believe it was Prosser. Yeah, uh, two thousand and ten. I believe yeah. she was doing really well there. Coming in third,
3: Sarah Hilgers. Right, with thirty-two points. Very respectable. Uh, Beth Burton, who we met at Billingham last year, very an sweet amazing girl. Yeah. woman, and she's an amazing thrower. She's Indeed. involved with um, track and field stuff as well in California. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, she's a she chief throws coach, I believe. Um, so she had 37 in fourth place. Uh, Katie Steingraber, yep. Katie yep.
2: Steingraber, I got to give a shout out to her personally. You don't know who I am, Katie, but I'm gonna tell you something. You helped me do very well in a chief competition.
3: Really? Exactly.
2: It wasn't anything that she taught me.
3: Yeah.
2: It was something that a YouTube video of her that went kind of viral throughout the Highland Games sheaf people. Okay. Where she did a little hop just before she launched the sheaf. Okay? <laughs> I right? know where you're going with Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She gives this little hop, and boom, that thing goes. She, I think she went 32 feet that day. It was ridiculous. Okay? Okay. So we, we show up. You know, we're there at uh, Kelso Highland Games last year. Yep. And we're all getting ready to throw the sheep, and of course we take a little, a few practice pulls. Right, right, yeah. And one of the guys—I'm not going to name—I'm not going to name names—but one of the guys there, who is actually a, uh, a decent sheaf thrower, he—he's gotten better over the past year. Yeah. Um, was doing this little technique in practice.
3: Yeah, a little hop, jump before right. the throw. Right, and yeah. because
2: this, this gentleman was fairly popular, some of the younger athletes uh, that were hanging around kind of clombed onto him, or were watching. Right, right.
3: First mistake, don't ever change your throwing yes. technique five minutes before you're about to compete.
2: <laughs> rule number one. You know what rule number two is? Yeah. Don't forget rule number one. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly.
2: Right. So so he's teaching these guys. So he, he must have took 10 or 12, oh, 15 God. practice throws, right? Yeah. And I'm just sitting there, right? So I come in, you know, I don't know, maybe 20 <laughs> feet or so, right? And he's out by twenty
3: far. Yeah. I, I think he and everybody yeah. else that was doing the hops jump, yep. was out, out too. <laughs> because of, only us left. It was the awesome. bag was
2: going this way. The bag was going that way. You know, know. yeah. Uh, so it was quite. So I, I want to thank her personally Snow for Kitty, that. Very nice. Yeah, I appreciate that.
3: Um, and then and then rounding out the the rest of the list, uh, Lisa Gourlay. Right, nice girl. I met her before. Um, uh, Heather McDonald. Heather McDonald. Shout out. Fifty seven points there, and then uh, Brittany Boswell. Right and uh, Alex Norman Ross, a Canadian. Yeah, one now, of our good friends from Canada. I must have. It, she must have been so distraught by me suggesting last <laughs> a podcast that she was from California, not Canada. Thank you, That her. she 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 threw a hammy or something and yeah. was injured, so she didn't she didn't compete. So sorry about that, Alex. I hope you get better.
2: I believe you, jinxed her. Yeah. All right, that's it for shouts, dude. Yes, it is, man. I'll tell you what. we got some amazing people we get to talk about. I know. It's amazing.
3: How about pop culture? Let's go right into current You want to go right into current Yeah, because there's really one I want to talk about, and then we'll get into the first segment. Yeah, I like your style. Yeah. And it came from Handler, your Handler, Devil Ange. Devil Ange. Yeah. So shouts for for Devil Ange for this one. She brought it to our attention that today is National National Tartan Tartan Day. National Tartan Day. Right. Yeah. And I I really wasn't too familiar with it, right? We had to look it up.
2: Well, yeah, and you know, I'm a little bit more familiar with it, not, not of its history, but the fact my mother-in-law, okay, yeah. I love her very much, by the way, Frances McGregor, um, is big into National Tartan Day. In fact, she sits on the committee here uh, in, in Washington in State. Oh, yeah. ah, cool. So um, she, every Tartan Day, her and uh, a bunch of the people that she represents and that go to the Olympia, to, which is our state capitol. Yep. They go to the capitol. And they actually raised the flag. They raised the St. Andrew Cross, okay? Mm-hmm. And it, it actually waves above our Capitol, okay? Cool. It's very nice. And, and my mother-in-law gives a really nice little speech uh, for that. And if she did it again, I think she did it again today, I may just go ahead and post it on uh, on our Fork Talk uh
0: mm, Good idea. Yeah. Good idea.
2: Uh, but she's very into it and, and, and uh, loves the tradition and the people that she... Uh, all with are all ultra cool. In fact, I'd have been there today too if we weren't doing this awesome podcast.
3: Yeah, well, like like most national days of recognition, so Tartan Day is really to celebrate uh, Scottish um, and Celtic heritage influence in America and Canada. Right. And the Canadians adopted it in 1993. The U.S. Senate shout adop- out Canada. Yeah, they were they were first. They, they're typically better at that uh, and those kind of things because they're a Commonwealth.
2: What kind of things? Yeah
3: you know celebrating commonwealth english scottish things
2: why do you think that is awesome
3: uh, because they're a commonwealth they're part of the commonwealth
2: i got a better idea what is that because when we started out as a country yeah we weren't exactly very friendly with the brits you know yeah. what i mean we had a little war back uh, in the day yeah i get you, know, you. back okay. in 1770 something well you know? we
3: weren't too far behind the u.s senate in 1998 so um Five years later, well, you know, adopted the National Tartan Day.
2: You and I are big fans of Canada,
3: of course. Right? We yes. got lots of friends in lot Canada. lot of good Canadian uh, friends.
2: Lots of great throwers there. We yep. love. We love. Can we go to Canada as many times as we can. We love it there. Yep. And so it doesn't doesn't surprise me that they're a little bit ahead of the game
3: yep. there. Um, and um, I, what else I found interesting was, uh, in typical form, of course, and it was probably the Brits who did this. But in 1746, they passed the Dress Act, which basically banned tartan. And and Gaelic the, cultural things. The
2: Dress Act. You mean like a skirt?
3: Yeah, just yeah. A the kilt? Dress Act, like how you dress. Huh. Yeah, and and it was it it lasted longer than I w- I would have thought it would, but it got repealed in 1782 because they're like that's ridiculous. We will wear our kilts and tartans, and you will like it. Well, you know why it was repealed, don't you? Why is that?
2: Because that actually that Dress Act. I got this on good information. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it was actually one of the. Oh. <laughs> hey. Which is one of the first triggers of the Revolutionary War. Really? Yes. Because there were a lot of, hey, don't laugh, there were a lot of uh, Scots and Irish who lived here, and they didn't particularly care for the Brits at the time, right? Yeah. So just to piss them off.
3: So it wasn't wasn't the taxation thing, it was the tartan thing.
2: Nothing to do with it, buddy. (laughs) Nothing to do with it. That
3: doesn't surprise me.
2: That that whole uh, Boston Tea Party? Yeah. They didn't dump no tea. It, It was tartan. They were dumping kilts.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. My
2: great-great-grandfather I, was there.
3: Hey, well, uh, history is written by the uh, victors, and we are the victor, and therefore <laughs> we will write it how we like.
2: That's right, and hopefully we don't go to England Right, All right,
3: fantastic. Um, hey, so speaking of tartans, yeah. so what tartan do you throw or wear?
2: I don't throw tartans. I throw heavy implements. In
3: you wear a kilt when you throw. Yeah, what we all tartan do. It's called do the Highland Games. Wear? What tartan do you wear? Are you tongue-tied? No. What tartan do you wear when you throw?
2: I don't throw tartans. I throw an uh, implement. Gosh, I'm wearing. Oh, don't, I'm going to reach across this table.
3: What, what tartan do you wear when I throw? When you throw,
2: I throw the black Stewart. Uh, now you got me saying it. See, I wear the black Stewart. You wear the black Stewart. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And. Well, even, I'm O'Neill. Even though you're an O'Neill. Yes. And I'm, that has
3: its own tartan.
2: We have our own tartan. Yes. Uh, the most popular of the O'Neill tartans looks like a picnic tablecloth. I wouldn't be caught dead in it.
3: <laughs> so you're not a big fan of that particular no. tartan. However, I there understand. is
2: there is a red, the red version of the O'Neill tartan, which is beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, but e- e- sport kilt and some of the other, you know, right. cheaper kilt places don't don't have that material. So right. I would have to pay a lot of money to get one made.
3: Yeah. I have that same problem. So I, my Scottish. you have an O'Neill tartan as well? No, my Scottish lineage is uh, called Cahoon, which in the uh, American. Call Cahoon? Call Cahoon. Okay. Yep, And it, but it was, it evolved to become Calhoun, which is the more common name. Oh, that, that makes Here sense. in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a nice tartan. And I have a, a proper woolen kilt from Loch Caron woolen mills in Scotland made with the proper uh, ancient. Cahoon tartan, nice. But it's a big, heavy, formal kilt. You can't throw in it, right? Yeah. And and um, people who don't know this, we uh, the, the Highland Games throwers often throw in. Um, kilts that are made by companies like Sport Kilt and Neo Kilt. And, Stillwater and, Kilts. And those are typically a, a polyester type blend because you want to be able to wash them. They get dirty and you don't want them super he- uh, heavy.
2: You get tacky on and them. And
3: you get yeah, tacky and gunk on them and stuff like that. So, And as you said, Colcahoun is not the most popular of names, so it's an, it's hard tartan to get, so mm-hmm. I can't get it. So I throw in a Hunter or a variety of different, just, you know, tartans that i think are cool and right. look nice
2: yeah well that's with me with the black steward okay because you know they're the seated family the royal family yep. the Stuarts. yep so basically anyone can wear their tartan i could also wear the black watch because a lot of times if you're in the military you know or ex-military you wear the black watch too i used to wear the black watch as a matter of fact yeah uh but i like the Stuart a lot better so i went with that and then my wife you know she's with the mcgregor clan okay
0: Shout out. Yep.
2: So I actually have one of their kilts as well. So just to represent my, uh, nice. my wife's family, I, nice. in honor of them, I'll wear my McGregor kilt. And as we all know, I'm actually part Polish as well. And uh, we don't have a kilt.
3: No. No, you don't.
2: We have a string of kielbasa that we wear. <laughs> <laughs> we wear around our waist, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so happy tartan day, everybody. Is that a kielbasa you're wearing or are you just happy yeah. to see me?
0: <laughs> Steven is my name. I'm the most wanted man on my island. Except I'm not on my island, of course. More's the pity. Your island?
3: You mean Ireland? Yeah, it's mine.
2: I am woman, hear me roar. Okay.
3: Well, that was good. You like that? Yeah, do that more.
2: Don't you fucking dare put that in the a- <laughs>
3: Oh, I'm putting it on now. <laughs> Topic one.
2: Topic one. Vikings.
3: Vikings. Yes.
2: Indeed.
3: Yes. Thanks to the Vikings, Big Daddy, mm-hmm. we have strongman competitions with size. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. they have good genetics. Let me tell you
2: something. Let me tell you something about the Vikings, okay? Okay. They've gone to four Super Bowls and never won
3: it. <laughs> The Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, yeah, don't hurt me with this because I lived in Minnesota for many years and I became a Vikings fan, and it just is painful. Fran Tarkenton. It's the curse of.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. like
3: the curse of the Bambino for the Boston for right. years, right?
2: Yeah, we got the. You got the. What do you have back then? You had the. The Purple People Eaters was their defensive oh, line, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But we're not. Talk- are we talking
3: about? No, the- we're not talking about Minnesota you Vikings. Vic- you don't know what the Minnesota but Vikings have to do with it, the it, games. It, it will come. It, it'll come up though. Okay. Relevant to there, right? So Vikings, first of all, Northern Germanic people, right? Right in the in the Scandinavian area. They're seafaring traders.
2: Traders, as in uh, like Benedict Arnold.
3: No, no, no. Traders, as in you know, goods trading back and forth. Like I'll, you know. I'll- <laughs> Tra- the Vikings, Vikings traded. I'll trade you that hard cider for my Guinness. No, not Things like that.
2: You know what I think? I think by, by trader they meant uh, we're going to trade you by not killing you, and then uh, we're going to take all your stuff.
3: Yeah, it could be. Uh, they were known as raiders as well um, and explorers. Oh. Um, now, here, so here's what's interesting, and, and this gets confused, right? The word Viking is actually a description, not an, uh, a descriptor of the actual people. Mm-hmm. The word Viking is actually a descriptor for an expedition. Really? Yeah. So it's so like
2: one, going uh, going somewhere.
3: Yeah. So someone who was uh, going Viking or to go Viking <laughs> referred to the expedition of going out and raiding or exploring or uh-huh. whatever. Oh, I see. Not an actual description of the ethnic or the cultural group itself.
2: That's interesting because if you told me you're going Viking, I'd duck. Because you're probably coming at me like a big axe or something like that. Right, right, right. I'm going to go
3: Viking on you. Well, it evolved over time because obviously um, the people – the opinion of who a Viking is would be biased depending on what you're – experience with them was right if you were right. in the <laughs> eastern baltics all the way even to like russia and they were raiding you regularly and taking all your stuff
2: you probably hate them
3: they you wouldn't <laughs> like them right uh, others had different opinions about them and of course there there's an evolving opinion of them becoming noble savages and all that but in right. general they they were explorers <laughs> um The boats, which is interesting, they're always known for their boats, right? These amazing boats that they traveled, Right. And they were big enough to be seaworthy, but they were light enough to beach. And they were also light enough that they could lift them and portage them between places where, you know, they need to get up and over to a lake or a river. They could actually lift the damn things up and get them over to the next waterway and then keep going.
2: That's amazing because when you think about it, you know, crossing an ocean – Uh, In a boat big enough that you can carry Yeah Probably not something you want to do I know it's amazing
3: It really is amazing They um, I actually um, You were a Viking at one time Well I am a descendant of Vikings
2: Everybody says they're a descendant of Vikings too Uh,
3: No I am a Yorkshireman From England, and that is one of the first places in England that they landed and pillaged and (laughs) um, did certain things with uh, women that changed the genetic code forever. So you're a bastard great great grandchild. Pretty much, yes. Yes, (laughs) Yes, I am. Um, And I've actually been to both Oslo, Norway, and Stockholm, Sweden. Oh, yeah. And if you've never been to those two countries, there is a certain. Um, stereotypes that are real when you walk through the streets of stockholm or oslo Mm -hmm. you it looks like the entire population are giant six foot plus blonde super swimmers (laughs) i mean they are amazing physically Uh. all the men and the women are amazingly strong big tall um the vikings got as far east as russia uh-huh. And they got to Iceland and all the way to Newfoundland. Hey, uh, Slim Jim, will you take the dog and <laughs> the, our mascot Abby is chasing her tail and causing chaos and wanting to get in on the act? And it I ain't know, happening. It ain't happening. Anyway, they got to Iceland. They got as far as Newfoundland. Right now, that 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 is important. That's a long trip. That is a long trip, and that's important because. Who do we know who live in the upper eastern edges of Canada who happen to be really good throwers? Greg Hadley. Yeah. All of the guys up in Newfoundland, right? Right. And Quebec and up in that province, right? Yep. They're awesome throwers. Yes,
2: indeed. Because
3: they're Vikings. <laughs> yeah?
2: Yeah, he's redheaded, too. There Greg you Greg Hadley go. is, you know, so. There you go. There's a shout-out to Greg Hadley.
3: Now, the good question is, would Vikings be good Highland Games family or are they too crazy to be fun?
2: That's a good question. That's a real good question. Let's, let's let's talk about that a little bit, okay? Okay. So, you got a bunch of guys who like to, you know, pillage and rape and rape some more and right. pillage a little bit and
3: yeah, I think they'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might not fit in so well.
2: I think they'd be fine with me. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I think we'd have a good old time.
3: Uh, now I'm I'm super excited because although I love the whole Celtic and Viking culture as it is, um, those are slightly different. But and see once again, I've got Candy Sprinkles. She's even not even here, but she's in my ear saying, "Those are different, You know, genetic peoples. They don't." I'm like, oh, gosh. the ghost of Candy Sprinkles. The new History Channel. The the History Channel has a new show called Vikings. I've watched it. Have you seen it? Yeah, absolutely. It's good, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really good. It focuses on a real Viking known as Ragnar Lothbrok.
2: That's a real Viking they're
3: talking about? Yeah, Yeah. Ragnar, uh, very very well known for um, his... Um, one of the first uh, Vikings to actually believe that he could sail to the west from where they were and hit England. Right. And then they went on a bunch of raids. And And hit, he was
2: right. Yeah,
3: he was. He was. Do you um, think he actually shaved his
2: head like that? Because the guy's got no hair on the sides. Yeah, know? I don't know. I
3: think that's just kind of because it looks cool. That'd be kind
2: of hard because you got to shave with a
3: knife back true. then. You know? True, true. Uh, the actor is Travis Spimmel. Um His nemesis in that is Earl um, Haroldson. Yeah. And but and the actor I love, it's Gabriel Byrne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, was he
2: played a, the devil at one time, didn't he, in some movie?
3: Yeah, and he was in uh, The Usual Suspects. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so I he's really good. And he, so he's the nemesis in this. He's the earl, kind of the king of the Vikings in yeah. that area. And I have to say, like, I hate him. I hate him in like this.
2: He's not somebody I'd, I'd yeah, like to say. I don't care for him. No. He's got a little fat friend, too, with a little beard and bald head. And he's always getting in. Trouble. Oh, I hate that I'd guy. I'd like to he's punch that guy.
3: We're, I'm really excited to see that guy get it in the in the show.
2: I sure hope it happens soon. But you yeah. know, but here I gotta tell you something about the show. The okay? last
3: episode he shot Ragnar in the back with an with arrow.
2: With an arrow, and then he walked away. He ran away oh, like a little bitch. What a yes, was what pissed. a weasel. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The casting for this show is pretty good. Okay? Pretty good. They had a guy. This guy was a very tall guy. He was an older guy. You could tell. Yep. Big long beard, long yes, hair. Yes. He
3: looked awesome. He
2: looked like a stereotypical Viking. He did. Yes. They killed him in the second episode. They did.
3: What a stupid thing to <laughs> they do. They did. I'm like, you killed the best looking Viking. Yeah. The guy's taking
2: a piss outside of a freaking pub, and they and they and they stab him. I know that wasn't. I was, I was. I was. I oh, almost okay. stopped watching at that point.
3: I think more people, Big Daddy, should name their kids after Viking mythology. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Okay, so first of all, Odin, the ruler of Asgard. Oh yes. Great name. Right? Odin. Um Thor, his son, Odin's son. Odin's son, Thor. Yeah. yeah and Thor's a great name. It is, yeah. Uh, uh Slim Jim, we thought about naming Thor, but just didn't didn't pull the trigger.
2: You know, kind of a cooler name? It would be Thor. T O R Yeah I know of, someone yeah. I know someone named Tor. That's a cool name. Yeah, that is a good name.
3: Um I thought Friar. Is an interesting god in their deal. Like Friar Tuck? Yeah. Only because it was the ruler of the rain, sun, harvest, and fertility. And I, yeah. I thought being in the Pacific Northwest, the rain part is yeah. like, it should be more. But when you're those. writing a
2: check, nobody knows all that shit. They're right. just like, who, what the hell exactly. is this, Friar, what?
3: And there's the um, a word, that a uh, name that people have probably heard before, <laughs> Valkyries. The Valkyries, um, they're the winged creatures who would bring the slain Vikings to Valhalla. Aren't
2: they women? Aren't they women?
3: I don't think... I think they were... I'm not sure that they were women. I think they were just like, you know, angel-like creatures Uh that would take the slain um, to Valhalla. And hell. Hell. One of the original concepts for hell predates, you know, a variety of of concepts was um, a Viking concept. (laughs) They spelled it H-E-L, just one L. And it was the ninth world where dead Vikings who did not perish heroically in battle... Would await the end of time. Wow! So not a good place.
2: Yeah, that's not where they want to go.
3: Because the Vikings didn't necessarily think death was a bad thing, right? If you died well in battle, if you lived life hard and vigorously, mm-hmm. and you died, you would go to Valhalla, and it was a, a cool place. Right. right. A
2: lot of your warrior cultures believe that. Too. Yeah, and yeah. they
3: didn't live long back then, and so. The, <laughs> but if you, oh, yeah, you don't live long when someone's chopping your head off with an axe. But if you perished unheroically, then you would go to hell. You go. You go to hell. H E L. So back so here's where your Minnesota Vikings come in. Misconception. Vikings did not wear horned helmets. Yeah, they did. They did not. Dude. No, they've they've discovered archeologically that the Vikings did not wear damn horned helmets. How would that, the
2: archeolog- How would the archeologists know that?
3: I'm sorry, because they study the Vikings, where they found them, the settlements. And that is a particular headdress that the Vikings did not wear. So
2: did they find helmets? Yeah. They found helmets. Yeah. But a, they didn't find any horned No
3: horn helmets.
2: Okay. Well, I got an explanation no. for that. So Hagar the I, Horrible
3: in the comic books and the Minnesota Vikings, they all have got the wrong, stupid horned helmet thing.
2: No, you've got it wrong. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because actually, actually, I know this for a fact, that... The horns disintegrate at a rate of two millimeters per year. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. I'm totally honest about this.
3: Was that in medical school that they? I learned that, that
2: in the University of Washington. Let yeah, me tell you. And what PIA happens school? is they actually disintegrate. So all that's left, of course, is a helmet. <clears throat> I hope you're choking. <laughs> I'm. Cho- that's that's Odin choking on. That's your, Odin choking you. I'm choking on your
3: ridiculous. <laughs> His son Thor is bashing you in the back of the head. Another misconception is they weren't as dirty as everybody made out to be. They were actually known to be quite clean. They bathed like once a week.
2: Who said they were once a week? Yeah. That's clean to you?
3: That's clean back then, dude. How many times How many that's, times did you take a shower? That's clean back then, dude. That hmm. was very, very thoughtful. Yeah. they Like in Iceland, they were the ones who came up with going to the blue pools. Remember we talked with Ron here yeah, 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 yeah. about the blue pools, these uh, hot springs? They, they'd get their bathing well, on. Well,
2: dude, if you got a hot springs, of course, you're going to get your bathing, bathing on, right? Yeah. You know, but you got to get in that cold
3: sea. You're not going to bathe yourself, right? So, but and as we because then you get shrinkage, and nobody likes shrinkage. <laughs> right, no shrinkage is bad. Um, And as we discussed, genetics, right? I mean, they – unfortunately, yes, they are known for their spreading of seed in their raping and pillaging and raiding. That's what happens when you're the champion, I guess. And they – you can trace their influences, which is really cool nowadays with the way in which you can do the genetic markers in human beings. They've got lots of markers in Scandinavia. Obviously, in Scandinavia, there's a lot of Viking influence. Mm -hmm. But also in the Baltics and in the North Sea, in England and Ireland – there's even recent uh, research, Jay, that I found that suggests that the Scottish warrior, some uh, Summerland, yeah, Summerland, Summerland yep, who drove the Vikings out of Scotland, was actually, and he was the guy who created Clan MacDonald. Really? Yeah. I'm you sorry, Clan Donald. Clan Donald. Well, probably MacDonald. now, eh. True, Clan Donald, but he was likely a famous Viking for their descent. world
2: championship burgers
3: yeah but he was a viking descent probably so he, g- he kicked the vikings out but he's a progeny of viking hordes hey everyone
2: knows hitler was part jewish really bada bing what does he do he gets rid of the jews yeah well that was wrong that's what happens that was wrong yeah it's bad stuff so that's Viking. i am not saying that's good
3: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for giving us that more appropriate filter i've
2: already got a lawsuit against me from the Pollock, so i'm gonna have the jews after me right next topic next topic
0: Mr. Burgundy, you are acting like a baby.
2: I'm not a baby. I'm a
1: man. I am an anchor man. You are not a man. You are a big, fat joke. I'm a man who discovered the wheel and built the Eiffel Tower out of metal and brawn. That's what kind of man I am. You're just a woman with a small brain.
2: With a brain a third the size of us. It's science.
3: Big Daddy, topic two. Topic two, baby. Wait for Distance. Wait for Distance. Yeah, we like to... We, we said in our original podcast that we're going to try and highlight uh, some of the different events because mm-hmm. there's nine of them, so right. there's plenty of time to do that.
2: Even though none of them are as good as Sheaf, of course, we still yes. have to highlight them, you know. Uh,
3: so Wait for Distance, yeah?
2: Yep. Uh, I like Wait for Distance. Do you? Yeah. Yeah? I like Wait for Distance.
3: Well, so so for those who don't know, Wait for Distance, uh, one of the more popular of the events. Right. And um, it is... Um, Different weight, uh, different weights for different classes, right? right? So the for the professionals and the the younger A and B throwers, they throw uh, both a heavyweight and a lightweight. Right. And the heaviest weight that is thrown is a fifty-six pound weight for distance. Right. Usually, like right.
2: a ball on a on it, a chain, with like a, a
3: big old cannonball. Right. Typically, although uh, Malcolm, uh, old Celt shout. Um, Shout out, old Celt. Makes uh, a square one. Right.
2: Right, uh, uh, He does.
3: But, but um, the, Very reasonable price, too, by the way. Yeah? He, yeah? Yeah, he's very good, very quick. Um, but anyway, usually a big cannonball-like um, ball, mm-hmm. and it has a ring on it, and that mm-hmm. ring then has a chain, and the chain connects to a handle. Right. And the total length of that is... Eighteen inches. Eighteen inches from the bottom of the big ball to the handle. Top of the handle, of the handle yep. is eighteen inches for regulation.
2: And sometimes they're D ring handles, and sometimes they're just sometimes uh, they're round, round circle handles. We, we yeah. tend to
3: prefer a D ring handle, which looks yeah. like a D. So it's a flat bar with a, a curved bit connected to the to the ring.
2: Yeah, it's it, it, you know thrower preference. Some 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 guys, you know, maybe they they were raised throwing on right. the round and. They prefer the round. Some people like the Ds. You know, I prefer the D handle. It can you know. be
3: kind of regional as well, right? Yeah, Some, yeah. some regions like round versus the D handle.
2: Yeah, I remember when we were at Masters Worlds last year. Yeah. They had uh, round handles. That was in Carolina. I actually believe those were uh, those were old Celt weights. Yeah, probably. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah.
3: And so 56 is the heaviest. The lightweight is 28 for men. It is. Yep. And then um, for the ladies, it is a 16-pound.
2: Fourteen. Fourteen. Fourteens are lightweight right. and then they that? use a twenty eight for the heavy.
3: Yeah, they use the the women use a twenty-eight for the heavy right. and and then the fourteen for the right. um, for the light.
2: And then the masters.
3: And the masters, which is for everybody again, a reminder who who are newer to this, is uh, people who are forty and over. We like to call them the legends. Yeah, legends. the legends. And they throw for the heavy a forty-two pound. Right. So you got 56, 42, 28, 14 Yep. 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 And um, you throw this inside of the trig. Yeah, you have a nine-foot
2: uh, area that you can throw. Which right. is
3: four foot, six inches wide. Yep. And nine feet deep.
2: And you can do whatever you want to do to get that weight moving and spin it out into the uh, throwing sector. That's true. Some of right. the newer
3: throwers tend to do just a single turn. So they they throw the weight in front of them and then behind their back, and then they throw it out in front of them. We call that a cast. Yep, And they, they turn around then and pivot. Right back into a power position, and they throw it. Yep. And as they progress up in their skill set, they end up going to a two-turn, right? Which evolved as well with the sport. Originally, the sport back in the day, they were just doing single turns. Right. And then... Kind of like
2: an Olympic uh, discus thrower.
3: Right. And then they started introducing the two-turns at some point.
2: And uh, that that, that brings up a little bit of uh, kind of a quirky thing I saw one time. A thrower on the East Coast, what was his name... His nickname was Quadzilla.
3: <laughs> That's a good nickname.
2: <laughs> Carl Dodge. Carl All right. Dodge. All right. 6'4", 300 pounds. Okay. Wow. Had 34-inch legs. Wow. Guy had huge size, right? Yeah. He did three turns inside nine feet. Really? And spun it out there and hit 90 feet on occasion. Wow. It. it if you ever get a chance, go on YouTube. And I believe it's one of the. It might be one of the Celtic classics that he does it at, but you yeah. can see it. You can, and it's it's ridiculous that a guy that big can move that fast in that small of a circle yeah. and actually you know, get that weight out there. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah.
3: And for those who haven't seen it, so most in the modern day games, most uh, athletes who are throwing weight for distance, whether it's the heavy or the light, are standing in the back of the trig. You've got one foot out of the box and one foot in, and you swing the weight in front of you just to get loose. And then you usually throw it out to your side, behind your back, and then at that point you're throwing it out and casting it to you, towards the, to the front to start an elliptical. <clears throat> right. And at that point you then jump and turn and, and put your feet back in the box, and once you've done the first turn – then you uh, attempt what is called the sprint to the trig.
0: Mm-hmm. And, yep.
3: th- and so you're in the back of the box still on that first turn, just kind of getting the motion going. And then you pull hard towards the corner of the trig, again, looping the weight up and over like a big elliptical, keeping it as long as you possibly can, yep. landing in the power position, which is kind of a feet pointed outwards, crouched a little bit, right? Yeah. ready to. When relay. you do it right,
2: that's the way it's supposed to go, yep. yes.
3: And then you continue that weight around, pulling as hard as you can, and throwing it out in, into the distance. Yep. Yeah, into the sector. Um, now there are some people that throw different, like you said, the three. Uh, there's a German that we throw with occasionally, Yuli Yuli Mueller. Yeah, Yuli Yuli does this uh, rotator cuff destroying <laughs> move where he he rotates the the weight on the first one instead yep. of behind his back, he. He goes in front, he goes behind, and instead of just in front of his chest at about chest high on the first throw, he throws it up high and basically like a lasso over his head, and then down, and then goes into his turn. And I don't understand how, in God's name, he does it, but he does it well.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Harrison Bailey used to do that for a while. Did he? Yeah. Harrison Bailey, you know, uh, shout out to him, great pro. Talk about longevity. As long as I've been watching Highland games, that guy's been throwing. And he actually was given credit for doing spinning weight over bar. He's the guy that basically kind oh, of started it, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he would start the same way. He would start with uh, one one spin over his head and then go into two spins. And it's it's amazing to watch. And, it, again, it, it's on, you know, if you go on YouTube and check out any of the old Celtic classics uh, – um, or Pleasanton, or something like that. You can probably find it. Yeah, and it's awesome to watch. He doesn't do it anymore, probably because he had three shoulder surgeries because of that. But, <laughs> but otherwise, uh, yeah. he, you know, he he did that. I actually tried that once. Did you? I tried it my second year at Enumclaw, and did fairly well. But I don't do it anymore because I like my shoulder gear. I like my uh, yeah. I like my rotator cuff. Too much.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and the fifty-six pound, the heavy weight for distance, is, is uh, people it, because it's so heavy, people don't like it as much. Um, it's not the, the widowmaker. It's yeah, the widowmaker. It's not as it's not as great for the crowd as well. It's a really popular event because you are taking a very large person, typically, especially so in the men category. You're talking, you know, men that are uh, 250, 300 pounds, and they're spinning. Their self around as fast as they can with this weight implement and throwing the weight and and for the lightweight because you're throwing it quite a ways and you're spinning a couple times it's fairly impressive from the crowds perspective mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's one of the more popular things because right. you're throwing the weight out there yeah yeah um, now uh, relevant to records like let's give some people some understanding of how far you throw yep right so and because we are masters, let's well, let's take the opportunity to, to start with the legends. Legends, yeah. Um, of course, I'm not comparing any of
2: my throws to these guys.
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. But but just to give people a flavor for it, right? Uh, Maybe the
2: 70 year old guy. I, I think I could beat him. Yeah, exactly. Oh.
3: Current world record holders and lengths. All right. So in the 40 to 44 class, the current world record holder is Jim. McGoldrick,
2: the big chief, yeah, Big Jim McGoldrick. He actually won the world championships five times as well, just like Ryan Vera. Did he? Wow, indeed, yeah, that's
3: amazing. And he set this record in '96. So this thing has stood a long time, indeed. Yeah, indeed. And and so we've got is, some
2: good throwers in that age group who don't even come close. I to know
3: that. it's amazing. And this is the li- this is the lightweight for distance, eighty three feet eleven inches. That's amazing. That's insane. That's huge. Um, also, and and so I'd like so,
2: to get him on the show sometime.
3: All right. We should put that We're on i we going to there. work on that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, someone who has been on the show uh, at 59 feet 11 inches for the heavyweight is Ryan Vieira in yeah. 2008. I think in 2008, that was a while ago.
2: 42 pounds, man. man 59.11. So. I mean, a good throw for that in the Masters category would be anywhere, of say, 38 to 42. Yeah, exactly. Right. And this guy's throwing at uh, 59.11. Yeah. It's huge. I actually saw a YouTube video. I mean, here I am plugging YouTube again, you know. But... Carry Overfelt, yeah, through the forty-two. Very close, if not. I'm not sure whether he beat that distance, but it was fifty-nine eleven something. I don't know whether it actually stood at the record or whatever. But right, it was. That was just was a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was. That's it was amazing. a beautiful throw too.
3: And so and then typically they break this down, people by um, by by. Five year increments, right? Yeah, so the next, the next up is the forty five to forty nine class, and you've got Dave McKenzie at seventy eight feet, uh, in ninety five. Again, it's that's that record has stood since nineteen ninety five, and then yeah. you got Don Stewart in two thousand and eight that hit the fifty two eight and uh, three quarter.
2: That's another big throw. I have a feeling that that's probably actually that was probably broken because I or will be broken soon because some of these guys that are coming up from the forty to forty four, yeah, like uh, are gonna. Hit those who did we mention last time on the show the brothers
3: oh um, on the east Coast yeah 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 yeah
2: oh well, I guess we both know <laughs> they're I've, so popular we don't even know their damn names know, I'm
3: forgetting
0: the name I'll think of it
2: yeah uh, but I mean 56 feet was uh, one of their throws for the 42 and that was at one of the not there was one of the
3: world championships but really one of the smaller venues wow um, hey slim Jim you're not doing your job. The the dog's barking outside. <laughs> Will you get it?
2: We're trying to keep a professional show here, and yes. that dog is getting under my skin.
3: The 50-year-old the fifty year old class to 54, you got Mike Babb Mike in Babb. 2011, did a 72-footer. Uh, and then he also, in that same year, did the heavyweight 51 feet. Oh, yeah. Five and three-quarter. Mike Babb, meeting. actually
2: an uh, ex-pro football player. Oh, really? He played for the uh, Cleveland Browns for a number of cool. years. A beloved member of the Browns.
3: And then the next one up, uh, I mean, we go through all these. Bill Bailey's got both the heavy and light. Won't you come home, Bill Bailey?
2: Won't you come home? And
3: then, of course, a big shout to uh, the 70-plus category. Oh, yeah. Right? 70-plus. Yep. And Vern Alexander, this last year, 2012, at the Queen Mary, right? 49 feet, 7 inches.
2: That's an awesome throw. At 70 70 years old.
3: 70 years old plus. Um and, and what are you doing for heavyweight? 34 feet, 25. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's more than my PR. I, dude, I, <laughs> I, actually, so awesome. I saw this
2: guy in person at Pleasanton last year. Yeah. Okay. And I told you this before. He He's 70. He don't look 70. Yeah. All right. That's and amazing. the guy looks like he's carved out of an oak tree. Yeah. That's so. amazing.
3: Now, for the... For the not for the the younger kids, yeah, the guys yeah, under seventy, yeah, the younger kids. Um, you got heavyweight uh, for distance. You've got the world, North American, U.S. champion Eric Frazier.
2: We were actually there that year, weren't we?
3: 49.10 inches in Portland, yeah, in two thousand and
2: eight. That was a beautiful throw. Uh,
3: Greg Hadley's got the Canadian uh, record at forty-six feet. Um, there's a lightweight division under two hundred pounds. Uh, guys that are under two hundred. Isaac. Uh, Burchett. Burchett. Yeah, he's got that at 48 feet. Back in 2006, he did that. Which and is amazing
2: because uh, lightweight's under 200 pounds. Yeah. You know?
3: And the women's world is um, Adrienne Blewett, 53 feet, 4 inches. Yeah, uh, that's a 28-pounder, but that's a huge Yeah, 28-pounder, it 's huge. Um, <clears> and, uh, and then for the lightweight men. Oh,
2: wait a minute. Francis Brebner still holds 47, forty-seven 5, Scotland. In Scotland. Yeah. 19,
3: so Francis... <laughs> Wow, 96. He set that at 47 feet, 5 inches. For the amazing. heavy. That's awesome. Um, and then for the lightweight, so we're talking the 28-pound or 14-pound yep. for the women, the world and the SGA um, record holder is Greg Edmonds. Greg Edmonds. Yeah, 95 feet, 10 yeah. inches. He's from uh, McCarnich, Scotland.
2: That guy is awesome. Did you ever meet him in person?
3: No. No. 2011, he set that. That's he, only a couple years ago.
2: He was on fire that year. He was throwing the open stone sixty foot, sixty foot pl- plus. Oh, that's insane. That year, that's insane. His dad actually used to run the world's strongest man series. Oh, really? Yeah, Doug oh. Dougie Edmonds. Sir, oh, cool. Sir Dougie Edmonds. Yeah,
3: that's cool. Uh, the North American U.S. Uh, record holder is Matt Vincent. Matt Vincent, four feet two inches. He's from, uh, or he did that in Albuquerque in tw- last year, twenty twelve. Yeah. Um. Uh. The Canadian is Harry uh, McDonald. Harry McDonald, 91 feet three inches. That
2: is a big man. Yeah. Six foot one. 330 pounds. Nice. Yeah. I don't even think he used technique. I think he just threw it.
3: <laughs> and then um, lightweights, Mark Howe, 75 feet. And the women's, Kate Burton owns that. We know Kate. Saw local. that throw. Saw that throw. No, I was there. In Portland. You weren't. In, t- in 2012. I, I was there. there. I was I was, You were uh, at the Olympics, weren't right? I you? was at the Olympics in London. What well, yes. were you competing in? Uh, I was competing in the pint downing competition. <laughs> I heard you won a gold medal. Oh, I did. Congratulations. I did. Yes. Um, 91 feet. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. the 14 pound. That's, That's amazing. That's insane. Yeah. So shout to all of those world record holders. Um, I, I mean, people just really like it. It's a really popular event. It's If you ever uh, Google or go onto YouTube again and do Olymp- the Olympic similarity is if you look up the Olympic hammer throwing. Mm-hmm. is kind of – they use a wire – Two hands and you're spinning, um, but it's got some similarities to right, it, yeah. a little
2: bit. Well, yeah. I threw the weight for distance that they throw uh, in the Olympics. Okay, the thirty five pound.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Uh I did a competition for USA Track and Field Masters.
3: Yep.
2: And uh, but there, you're required to do it two handed.
3: Right.
2: Now, if I had thrown that one handed, I would have had no problem. Two handed, I was.
3: Yeah, it's a different. Kind I of was movement. tied up like Very a like a pretzel.
2: Yeah, it did not work. Yeah. So, but in weight for distance. Uh, it's one of those events I, th- I think you can almost gauge if you look at uh, what somebody's throwing to weight for distance you can almost gauge what kind of thrower they are because if somebody is good at weight for distance they're probably a decent thrower all around yeah true. you know that's true so and I have to say too with with me it's kind of a gauge how my day is going if I have a really good lightweight for distance my whole day seems to go great but if I have a bad one Yeah, it can. It can.
3: It can actually be a a predecessor to that, that's for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So,
2: wait for distance. Wait for distance. One of our very favorite events, and uh, always working on it. Always trying to get better.
3: Yep. All right. That's our topic. Awesome. In a way, all of us have an El Guapo
2: to face someday. For some, shyness might be their El Guapo. For others, a lack of education might be their El Guapo. For us, El Guapo is a big, dangerous guy who wants to kill us. But as sure as my name is Lucky Day, the people of Santa Poco can conquer their own personal El Guapo, who also happens to be the actual El Guapo. Big Daddy. Hoss. Topic three. Topic three, my man. Historical
3: figure. Our
2: favorite. I love this one. Historical figure. Like I
3: said, they're still talking about Abraham Lincoln. They are. And... What's awesome is we have a sponsor for historical figures. You know what? That is awesome. It's totally awesome. This historical figure segment is sponsored by G Force Strength Unit. That
2: sounds badass.
3: Yeah? The G Force Strength Unit uses amazing feats of strength to communicate a positive and motivating message in school assemblies, other public forums, and to present the gospel of Jesus Christ in religious forums right? So yeah. I, I've seen these kind of things before and it's amazing, right? They, oh, yeah. they, they do uh, a positive message about, um, overcoming obstacles in your life, using, you know, the strength within you, both, both from your faith as well as, 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 um, that, which you have in your own mind to right. conquer things. Yeah. And, and they do that through a positive message. It's
2: cool. Yeah. They demonstrate, uh, these strength feats and do all that neat stuff and they get people to come to their shows and it's yeah, cool they have a lot um, of fun
3: if you want to inquire about this the availability of the g4 strength unit right or to contribute yep uh you contact crush crush at 304-893-4372 that's 304-893-4372 and or check out the facebook page by typing G force strength unit into your search bar.
2: And that's a tack between the G and a force. Kind of like the tack between fork
3: and talk. That's right, yeah. They're uh, they're a nonprofit, Big Daddy. They operate solely by by really just the faith and love of people offering donations on what they do. Right. So there's no hidden expenses or anything. It's just you know, if you want to have them do something inspirational for you, they'll do that. Yeah, they, they whatever, don't make a living off whatever of this. Whatever you can do, no, no, they all have jobs. They're, no, yeah. they're doing yeah. they're doing it out of the kind of like us, doing it out of the goodness uh, of their heart,
0: the love
2: <laughs> of the games, baby. They do it for yeah. the love of the Lord.
3: They will travel domestically or internationally. They have three athletes in their group that compete in Highland Games, which, which will, is really cool. Which is cool. Uh, Crush, Crush M- Rusher, yeah, Mammoth, and Juice. Juice. I love these nicknames. That's a good they're name. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. Um and their motto. They've got a lot of mottos, right? Yep, but yep. the the one uh, the the first one, let's let's get, let's give this one up first. Okay. Um not tomorrow, right now. now. Yeah. yeah oh, that. I like that motto. So shout to them, thanks for sponsoring. Um Absolutely. Thankfully, we start the program and the the, the historical figure segment with something positive like that, Mm -hmm. because unfortunately, we also have to start the segment by referring to he who shall
2: be named. Not again. I'm sorry. You know I hate this. You gotta do it. Who is it? Uh, Sir Isaac Newton. Yes. All together. Boo! We're gonna call you Fig.
3: Fig. Figgy.
2: Yeah. We don't like you, and you know what? Uh, we found out some interesting facts about this douche.
3: He, he's got lots oh, of oh, skeletons oh. in the closet. I think there's say. a whole
2: book on stupidity of Sir Isaac Newton.
3: Yes, and we don't like him, of course. For people who haven't listened before, because it's that gravity thing—apple yeah. on the head. Yeah. Oh look, things that fall, gravity. <laughs> and as the thrower, <laughs> we're we don't, against all that. We don't like gravity. No, we we choose to disregard it.
2: Absolutely, and if yeah. we could, it wouldn't even exist. Exactly. Except to hold us down on the ground, I suppose. But that's that's another point. Anyway, right. you know this this little dude, right? And Sir, uh, Sir Sir Figgy, Figgy Figgy Newton. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Figgy was born premature and weak. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. surprise me. You know, a bit. and back then they didn't have incubators or anything like that. Right. You know, he probably just right. just crawled out of some bucket. Right.
3: Just came out weak.
2: It may have been an abortion.
3: No, come on, out. No, go
2: I mean, there. you never know. Don't he might have just been—he might have just there. been an abortion. No, 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 no. And he crawled out of the bucket. <laughs> Dude, don't go there. Don't go there. I'm already there. Yeah, don't go there. I hate Isaac Newton. Yeah,
3: I saw a portrait of him online. Did you really? Other day. Yeah. What did it look like? Yeah, he's a weasel. Skinny little weasel. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. got like drawn face, kind of pointy nose. Yeah. Uh, Small hands. Little hands. The smells of
2: cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, you know what that means. Little hands. Yeah. Little gloves.
3: Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so okay, historical figure.
2: Historical figure? Yeah. You want who is who, it? You want who it is? I do. I've been waiting all day. Genghis Khan. Oh. oh And we're not talking about the Chinese restaurant, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, which is very good. We're talking about the warrior. Genghis Khan,
3: yes. Um, known as the great emperor of the Mongol Empire. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, which became the largest contiguous empire in history <laughs> after his demise I love actually when he did that. it wasn't the biggest empire in history <laughs> when did he die uh in 1227 no, so let me, let me so, so his family increased the empire after he died it right. wasn't as big as it as it eventually got when he died and then it got huger
2: i got to tell you something yeah all right this is the year 2013, okay. Yes, this guy died in 1227. Yes, you know you're a freaking badass. If they're still talking about you as being a freaking badass, it's true. In this day and times, so, you know, you think of a badass. Who do you think of? Genghis
3: Khan. Genghis Khan. Right. You do. Yeah. Now, in doing some research on this, though, Big Daddy, I'm I'm still on the fence on whether he would have been good at any Highland Games.
2: Well, he was descended from blacksmiths, so maybe he had a lot of hammers and stuff.
3: Oh, that's a good point. His his original name is uh, Temujin.
2: Oh, Temujin.
3: Temujin. That translates to uh,
2: Highland Game Store, I believe.
3: (laughs) It could be. But you're right. He is the descendant of a family of of blacksmiths. And like farmers, blacksmiths wield. Heavy, metal, yep. they like those kinds of things. Strong guys, you know, banging an anvil. Yeah, so I, you're, you're right. He yeah. could have been good. Here's the other w- reason why he could have been a good thrower. Yeah. He had three brothers, two half-brothers, and a sister. Well, no wonder so, he's a badass. So he's used to, you know, I'm sure he got beat on. You know how brothers are. Yeah, they yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. beat the crap out of each other yeah. and all that. Yeah?
2: Yeah. And, you know, another little known fact about him, too. What? He was married. Yeah, was he? He had an arranged marriage. Yeah,
3: you know how old he was. How old? Big guess. Uh, I don't know. Like back then, it was early, so I don't know, fourteen or fifteen or something. Yeah, pretty close. Nine.
2: Nine? Nine
3: years Come on, old. how do you get married when you're nine? I, I,
2: You know what, I have no don't even
3: idea. know what it's for yet.
2: Yeah, besides that, you get a ring, and it's not going to fit you, you know, once you turn 16.
3: It's <laughs> right? not going to fit him when he's 20. He's still <laughs> you, growing.
2: You go through puberty, <laughs> bada bing. I guess, you know. <laughs> I wonder how old his wife was. That's you know, funny. Think she was older or younger? Or what? I mean, Gosh, I don't, I don't she even shudder to even think. She was nine years old, but she was built like a six-year-old, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Look out.
3: Yeah, He seems to be... Successful. So the reason why I was on the fence, Big Daddy, is all those things about him having brothers in a blacksmith family probably would have made him a good, strong, compact kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So he could have been good at some of the events. But he he really wasn't known for... I mean, his his prowess as a leader really came from the success of the Empire and taking over the lands and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. But he wasn't himself necessarily a super freak warrior. He he really was more known for choosing really good people. He was one of those uh-huh. people that surrounded himself with generals and others who knew what they were doing. And yeah. they did what he wanted them to do. But he didn't personally have to go out there and, and, and kick butt necessarily. Kind of like Charles Manson.
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> what?
2: Charles Manson never killed anybody. He got a whole bunch of other people to kill him, and he turns out he looks like the biggest badass criminal in the in the 20th century.
3: That's interesting. Um, I, I, in a in a bizarre and weird way, I understand what you're saying. You get it, now, don't you? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to think of Charles Manson and Genghis Khan in the same way. Well, yeah, I, I guess I know.
2: do. I don't think Genghis Khan had a swastika on his head or anything like that. Right. Right. right.
3: Um. He. Um, He seems to, see, the other thing is, you know, you think of that, I mean, his 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 persona or the, his historical persona over the time has gotten to be like, you know, Genghis Khan didn't take crap from anybody and he was just a badass and right. he just, you know, ruled with an iron fist and all that. But that wasn't his strength, actually. His strength was that he surrounded himself with good people. He was very tolerant of, like, religions. He didn't force stuff on people. He just kind of was, like, trying to live and let live. People in the empire just live your life best you can and then continue to conquer outside that. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever reason, that obviously em- emboldened. Helded them to him because he wasn't really in. None of the rulers that seem to be conquering and then put people under their thumb and boot tend to do well for very long. Right. Right. Yeah,
2: you mean guys like Hitler and and
3: Mussolini and and Stalin and all the great you know (laughs) douchebags of the world. (laughs) They had Uh, you know
2: they had a pretty good run there in the forties, but uh, it kind of petered out there toward the middle.
3: Um, He. Here's another thing: is I think most people, and you see it in TV and stuff, they always say like, "Oh, Genghis Khan was like shorter." They mm-hmm. always think of Mongolians as shorter. Yeah. But actually, likely back then they were taller than you thought, than mm-hmm. you think. You so he was think.
2: actually five foot seven.
3: No, no, no. They were like uh, in the in the five ten range. Oh wow, that which is, is pretty, pretty tall. That's for tall. That's tall for now. The other thing that's interesting is they believe he he was a redhead. You know. oh, shut up. Yes. They they shot
2: your they, mouth.
3: Genetically they've figured it out, and with the, the information that they've got with, with recorded history, they're pretty sure he had blue or green eyes and was redheaded. You're and telling called. me
2: that Genghis Khan was a ginger, I <laughs> call bullshit on he that. He
3: was one, and blue or green oh, eyes. There's a there's lot no of way. Mongolians that are redheaded with blue and green eyes. Uh, yeah. You'd think it you always think of more of the Asian black hair dark eye thing yeah. with Mongolians, but he wasn't. He was mm. likely that. Um, he maybe even had a little bit of European DNA markers in there. Could have been a little Viking or Celtic.
2: Probably Celtic. You know they are.
3: Yeah. Um, and now here's the one thing that could, could have been greatest about him, right? What's he that? He didn't become Genghis Khan. Right. So he was just a ruler as Temujin. Yeah. But he became Genghis Khan and got that title and name. When he was 40, when he turned master's legion. Hey, yeah? that's see? That's when you're at your best, buddy. I'm sorry. All you young, lightweights, yeah. and A's and B's, yeah. and pros, you guys year think you guys have got it going on. But yep. I'm telling you, yeah. the master's. Rock. Wait till you hit forty, baby. Yeah, wait until you hit forty, and you get to pick up that forty-two pound weight. You will <laughs> never love anything better.
2: <laughs> hey, the audience can't tell the difference between a forty-two and a fifty-six anyway. Oh,
3: but but you can.
2: I got yeah, I got one I got one thing to say about Genghis Khan that a lot of people don't even know. And what's that? He was the the only people to defeat Genghis Khan, mm. the Vietnamese. Really? Yes. Yeah, and that's true too. I'm not making it up. i did. Really. Yeah, that's one it's a, not a little known fact that actually I'm,
3: I'm staring in his eyes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and he does have that look of seriousness yeah, that they're Big not Daddy can do. I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. Look it up, I don't care. Google it. <laughs> Google it. Google it. I'm not sure what Google you use. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's uh, Yugle or bugle I use, or something. Because it, I use Google. It's the Polish version. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because most of your facts don't seem to actually hold up.
2: You know, the funny thing is you never looked them up, so you can just shove it, buddy.
3: <laughs> you and Candy Sprinkle have a, an ability to look someone in the eye, lie, and make it very convincing.
2: Yeah, but the difference is you married her. Well, and you're just my heterosexual life mate.
3: Yeah, well, so. you're both an important part of my life. That's what I got to say. <laughs> so, historical figure Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Give it up. Well done. Boop, and boop, uh, boop, thanks boop. to g Four Strength Unit for sponsoring that bit. Rush,
2: rusher. g Four Strength Unit.
3: All right, we're out. Out. I can't compete with you physically, and you're no match for my
2: brains. Yeah, that's smart. Let me put it this way. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle?
3: Socrates.
2: Yes. Morons.
3: Big Daddy. Awesome. It's time to announce the winner of the Clevenger She 400th competition.
2: That lucky son of a gun. Son
3: of a gun. Whoever that is. Yep. Yes. This actually prompted some amazing things. First of all, you challenged everybody on the last podcast, that you were upset with the number of likes we had on Fork Talk. Indeed, I was, yep. Yeah, we're now up almost to 200. I think it was 180 or 190 last time I checked. Not bad. So well done, Fork Talk world. Yep, Fork Talkies. Yeah. Um, All right. So we had an amazing amount of... So for those who didn't hear the last podcast, Jason Clevenger contacted us, makes amazing sheafs, and he said he's closing in on number 400 uh, of sheafs that he's made. And he is donating that 400th sheaf sheaf to a winner of a podcast. Right. Yeah. And we decided that the the competition would be you put a picture, your favorite picture of you or something about sheaf on a Facebook page, and you give... uh, um, some kind of descriptor, and then you go out and get people to like it and right. the more likes than and they had two weeks, and it ended last night at midnight
2: midnight, and it was exactly the stroke of midnight, too
3: it was, and there was a ton of activity, so we first we want to give out shouts right? oh yeah, yeah yeah, 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 okay, so first of
2: all, let me say this of the people that submitted pictures, the people who submitted pictures and actually submitted a little dialogue with the picture actually listened to the instructions of the competition. They
3: did, and those people happened to have the most likes, actually. Exactly, well, and you know?
2: so that helped them out quite a bit.
3: Right. Now, in in no particular order, but we're kind of going up the rank here as as far as how many likes people got. So, first, uh, Kittrick Sonnenson, shout out for putting that up. Here's what I loved. I he, I loved his statement. It said, many know the fork, but only a few are born to it. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool name, too.
2: What's yeah. it? Kittrick
3: Sanderson, that's good stuff. Yeah. Sounds like a
2: yeah. kind of a rock star. Uh,
3: Jeff Neger had several uh, posts on there, which all were very good. Sean Pelfrey had a ton of uh, posts, and he actually on a few of them got up pretty high, close twenty plus likes. So yeah, um, and of course also shout to Sean. We got to give it up to Sean, right? Because yeah, we
2: got to give him the class act award he, today.
3: The class act award because he um, saw Crush Rushers post. And he was so inspired by it, he told all of his people on, a, on, on other posts that he wanted people to vote for that one. Right. Yeah? Yep. I, it was very, very that was very classy. classy. Yeah, very, very classy cool. guy. Um, Brian Randall, uh, Justin Harmon, Nate Cook, uh, Duncan McCallum put up a couple videos, uh, Sean Pelfrey... Um, Kelmore had a nice one of his son on there, the he did. Pop, Papa's Fork Helper.
2: And he was actually holding my wife's fork, the one that they made for her, Devilange.
3: Cool. Yeah, Lyman's Essay. Uh, um, Max Sadler had a post up there, got 17 likes. Eric mm-hmm. Wechter had a couple. One was. Um, from Aber, Aberfeldy, Scotland. It was a bundle of branches that he was. He said it was the worst thing he's ever had to yeah. try and
2: throw. That was probably the most interesting of the sheeps yeah. pictures that we saw, yeah. He
3: said the record was like 18 feet with it, and it was just the most ridiculous yeah. thing.
2: It looked stupid. It looked like he was doing the old <laughs> pushover technique, too.
3: It did, yeah. Um, Jeffrey Williams had some nice ones. He had that nice cartoon of the sheep toss. I'm,
2: I'm telling you, dude. That needs to go on a T-shirt. It does. That's a
3: beautiful it, it, picture. It does. Yep. He had a nice pic of you, Big Daddy, in Mississippi.
2: You know, and that's a surprising thing. I'm surprised he didn't win just based on the fact that he had that picture of me in Mississippi.
3: <laughs> I, you, you, you predicted that this would happen, but it didn't. Yeah. And then he had a nice pic of himself and Miles Wetzel, yeah. which was nice. Let me yeah.
2: tell you, Jeff Williams, I don't know if anybody knows him, but if you've ever competed with him, he's just, uh, just a, a sweetheart of a guy. He's been throwing for years just an awesome nice guy and I just give give a shout out Jeff Williams Uh, he represents well he's he's a he's a Highland
3: gamesman very nice Um, Regina Wector was on there she had 21 votes because Eric (laughs) Eric 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 said that there was too much sausage fest going on (laughs) I wonder
2: if she's. I think she broke into his account and actually put that post in there because I mean, she said, she This is it. turning into a sausage fest. It's like,
3: <laughs> I, I love it. It was a good post. Uh, it's Chief
2: Dawson. Of course, it's a sausage fest.
3: Um, Andrew Akins put a nice one up that got 24 votes. Nice shout out to borrowing Hoss's fork in Beeham and then getting a PR and then getting the bug. And once you have the bug in Sheaf, you are done. You're bitten. You are bitten. Once bitten, twice shy. That's right. Uh, Randy Winters had a lot of posts. Right, we're getting up to the top here. Mo Westmoreland, uh, w- sweet photo, 30 likes from Australia Games. That photo. was really cool. Yeah? Yeah, it was. Uh, the East Idaho Scott essay, I think that was, yeah? Yeah, Lyman and, yeah. Uh, and
2: her husband, um, <laughs> the, the Todd.
3: The, he he got 30 likes for the sheep, sheaf. Yeah, the sheep yeah, yeah, that yeah. they <laughs> put the sheaf head and legs on. Awesome.
2: Let me tell you something. <laughs> there was a picture in a newspaper from that area, and I forgot about this, but... It shows the sheep that I threw and the sheep that the kids threw in the air at the same time. And the title was Torn Between Two Sheep.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, it was pretty funny.
3: That's good stuff. Uh, Eric Wechter himself had a nice one on there that got 32. Ray Maybe had a nice post. Got 38 likes. Oh, yeah. Um, again, Sean Pelfry up his biggest one was 48. Um, and, and as we yeah. said, he gave the shout to Crush on that one. Cass, uh, Tamila, with a last-minute entry, got 73 likes before uh, the end of the day. That was quite a surge. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. And it was a li- it was a really nice last-minute entry about uh, talking about his she family and yeah. a pic of his baby's ultrasound yeah. and the fact that his wife, Bowie, is throwing two. And last year she did. I was there. I saw her, like, increase her PR by, like, Four to six feet in a single game. Well, so it it's amazing
2: what technique can do for you. Yeah, but you know, I have to say that I think uh, was it Tamila Tamala, ha- Hassan Pfeffer incorporated. Yeah. You know, he was playing on the old heartstrings there. You know, he's got a picture of his ultrasound from the baby. Come on, hey, that's
3: good. Te- it's a good. It's a good strategy. Well, then
2: I should have had Dominic take a picture of his baby on the end of a sheep fork, throwing it over the the goalpost. Oh no, no, that he would have won. He'd have won. He'd've,
3: well, he he would have been in jail too, but.
2: But he would have won. He would have had a free sheep. <laughs>
3: um Okay, so then, um, okay, we're we're up to our our last two. Oh, we need our a drum roll. We need ride. to have a drum roll here. So, second to last in a fantastic effort, Ray Thunder Yeah, the Polish power from Canada. He was only like nine or so votes away from the from the winner at uh, Friday late afternoon. Right. And he was like, oh, it's over. I'm not going to get it. I'm like, you're close, dude. Keep working on it, right?
2: He had 53 when I last saw it.
3: And he had an awesome post. First of all, his post says this. What sheaf means to me is great rivalries with great friends, the friendly competition going back and forth as you try to uh, one-up each other, the feeling of the sheaf springing off the fork, Perfect. (laughs) almost feeling effortless en route to clearing the height and putting the pressure back on Big Daddy O'Neill <laughs> to make the next height. That's Very right. nice post. Uh, yes?
2: You know, that's a funny thing because Shahavitz uh, and I have been battling back and forth for a, a number of years. In fact, uh, I took his uh, – he had the uh, field record for the B class in Kelso. Yeah. And when I broke it, he wasn't there, but I made sure his sister
3: called him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> but our, our winner – who rush the competition. <laughs> Crush Russia with 158 likes posts a amazing picture of yes. him with his son, Getting on the fork, right? Trying right. to help Daddy out on the field. Yep. Yeah? It it soared on the likes, right? Yeah, and it played and on everyone's heartstrings. And yeah. it said this. This is my submission for my favorite Sheaf picture. It was at the McHenry Games in Maryland in 2011. It is my favorite because of my son, Caden. As many call him now, Lil Crush or Crush 2. Lil Crush. Who was two years old at the time, and in spite of my wife trying to keep him back, he ran out while I was getting the fork in the bag and said, I will help you, Daddy. For someone who can get pretty focused while competing, I came very close to tears. Needless to say, I welcome the help, and with the love of my young son, we got the bag over the bar. A moment that will stay with me forever. Yes, indeed. A very worthy winner of this amazing competition. Yeah. Indeed. And the founder of the competition, we just happen to have live on Fork Talk. Yes, we do. Uh, Jason Clevenger, welcome to Fork Talk. Welcome to Fork Talk, Jason. Well I thank you guys.
1: It's a heck of a picture.
2: Uh-huh. It is, isn't it? It's amazing. Hey hey Jason,
3: how long have you been making sheets? Quality cheese? Um
1: <laughs> going on five or six years
3: now. Really? Fantastic. And, and yeah,
1: my, first, my first one went to uh Alaska. Oh nice. So.
3: No way. Nice. I'm gonna throw an Eagle River this year. I'm looking forward to that actually. Yeah. Hey, what so what goes into a good sheaf? I mean what what's the what's the key to the your the magic? I know
2: you don't use human oh. hair like you do in Taiwan. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh little black magic.
1: Little black magic, little uh, hate and a lot of caffeine. <laughs> I
3: like it. Hey, if it gets my sheaf up in the air, I don't care what it is. Put it all together <laughs> and you got yourself a sheaf. Um, and and how do you order a sheaf? Let's let's do a shout for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: How, if if one were to want to uh, you know buy one of your high quality sheaves, as four hundred people obviously have, well, yeah. three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Yeah, four hundred is getting skip given to away. Four
3: hundred one. Yeah.
2: But uh, if somebody, if a listener or somebody wanted to buy one of your quality sheaves, what would be the uh, way to do that?
1: Well, you can contact me either on Facebook at Clevenger Sheaves and Forks or. Um, on an email at xjumper82d at
4: com. That's
2: xjumper82d as in the 82nd Airborne, correct? who uh, uh. <laughs>
1: I'll
4: give a little
3: shout-out for
2: you, Jason. You know, I'm, I'm not a hater. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and, I and, appreciate that. And not to put you on the spot, Jason, but as long as we're talking, I mean, what's your PR in chief? May yeah, I ask? that's a good question. 20 or 16. My, my is twenty my PR is twenty nine feet. Ooh, Ooh very nice.
2: Very nice. That's altitude there, brother.
3: That is that is very respectable.
2: Do you have a yeah, you have a standard you in your backyard Do you practice with it or anything like that? Um no actually it's one event that I, I don't
1: practice as much as I
2: should. Oh okay. He's too busy for making the, for the
1: for the first three years I think it was that I was making sheaves, I did not own one.
3: Is that right? Interesting. <laughs> That's the old cobbler doesn't have shoes thing, I think. Yeah, I never but heard that one.
1: Every time I make one, it was out the door to be sold, you know, was sold to somebody, and I just I couldn't make enough to, to make myself
2: one. That's funny. Right. Well, I noticed, too, I mean, the turnaround time between ordering a shoe from you and getting it is actually really quick because I think uh, what I got maybe, I want to say I've ordered two or three uh sheaves from you and every time i order them i they're on my doorstep very quickly so that's always been pretty cool
1: well, you well i i try right now I'm, i've got a pretty big backlog i think i've got another dozen to make or so and uh just i keep trying to trying to keep up with demand
2: i got two words for you what home depot mexicans
3: <laughs> I I'm sorry guys. You have no filter. Will Why stop. It's three, it,
2: oh, I'm sorry. there's three
3: words. Will you stop? <laughs> Good Lord. Um I got a house full, I got a house full next door. I just go there first. <laughs> <laughs> and we just it, not only are we blessed by having um Jason, Jason on. Yep. Yeah. But our winner. Yes crush rusher rusher. are you there
1: i am here
2: technology works
3: wow fantastic (laughs) jason please uh give us some kind of formal award uh magic to uh to crush our winner
2: and jason tell us what he's won (laughs) yeah
1: <laughs> crush congratulations. I saw that picture and, and showed it to my wife and she goes, Well, now I know who's gonna win. And uh it was, it was just an awesome picture to and to share that time with your kid is, is just a wonderful thing, you know. Um all you gotta do is tell me uh what size and where I'm shipping it and we'll get it made and on your way. Ooh, that's the, fantastic.
3: With number four hundred on it, that'll be yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's nice. Well, Crush, That'll
1: con- be awesome,
3: Crush! Congratulations! Uh, thanks for submitting such an awesome photo, dude. Right.
1: Well, I appreciate that, you guys, uh, and I love what you guys are doing here too. It's so much fun to have uh, a venue like this for, especially guys like me that are older now. But we've been fighting in the trenches for years and years and. Uh, just to have this sort of a format is, is, it's fun and it's uh, entertaining and, and you sure really get a lot of great Highland games information. And, and, uh, you know, the picture I can't even take credit for, <laughs> it is something that just happened And my wife, uh, Heather, um, who is a journalism teacher <laughs> always is quick with a camera and, um, uh, you know, there became a, a memory etched in time that, uh, you know, I've been able to share. And, of course, I'm um, now as four. So last night, about every 10 minutes, he said, Daddy, how many likes do we have now? <laughs> <Nice>. So, <laughs> nice.
3: Well, the, the, crush, yeah. the crush Nation was out in force. That was a lot of likes. Indeed. Yeah. We, we had, um, Jason, we had uh, 800 likes total, total. across wow. everybody. Wow. So, yeah. And and according to the Facebook um you know, statistics you can get on on that kind of page, we reached um like thirty five hundred people, three thousand five hundred people that week. Uh, this last week with yeah. all of the traffic that was going on, and uh, got our Facebook likes up you know near to near to two two hundred and yeah. and eight hundred people going on and liking the various photos my My phone was just blowing up with like like likes likes it was yeah. it was awesome
2: yeah mine too so yeah awesome. that, was a, that was great it was a great competition you know and, and uh jason uh, it really says a lot you know it 's the highland games community obviously you 're a big part of it, um, a lot of people. Uh, have used your product. A lot of people love your product. You know, we use it out here, obviously. Um, we're going to be using it at uh, the Bellingham Highland Games this year. Um, and, of course, the Mowles uh, in Portland, even though they don't have a sheaf in Portland, uh, they run the Tacoma Games. And uh, they swear by your product and your service as well. So you do a great job. You, you make a great product. Everybody loves it. And uh, I just, you know, just keep doing it. And uh, we'll keep we'll keep pushing it on our show as much as possible.
1: I appreciate that very much, you guys. Thank you very much. No problem, brother.
3: Fantastic. Well, uh, so, crush, congrats! Um, I can't wait to see a post of getting that 400th and yeah. put it up on the on the site for us.
2: Yeah, tell your wife take a picture of that.
3: And yeah. uh, absolutely. And uh, and Jason, thanks again. I can't can't uh, thank you enough for uh, for sponsoring this and and helping us with uh, getting Fork Talk out there and. Uh, it's a labor of love. We stand on the shoulders of giants, and you two are uh, are two of them. So thanks very much.
2: Absolutely. Well,
1: thank you, guys.
3: Hopefully uh, we'll do it again 500. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I like the way he thinks. That sounds like a commitment, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> That's brilliant. All right, guys. Well, right. have a great Bye. end of your day, and, uh, and we'll uh, hopefully have you on again.
2: Right.
1: All right, hey All right. guys, thanks so much for uh, for doing this, and Jason, thanks so much for the bag. Hey, no problem. Get a hold of me, and I and I uh, will coordinate. Will do. All
3: right, thanks, guys.
0: We'll make spears, Hundreds of them. long spears, twice
4: as long as a man. Not long. All right. Some men are longer than others. Your mother been telling you stories about me again,
0: eh?
3: <laughs>
2: Big Daddy? Yes, boss. Guess what
3: time it is? What time is it? Special guest time.
2: Oh, my favorite time of the show.
3: I love special guest time. And this one's extra special because for the first time you weren't blabbing your mouth on the social media to uh, (laughs) spoil the surprise of who the special guest was.
2: Hey, I can't help myself. We get some great guests on this show. Let me tell you something. And, you know, I just want people to know who we're going to talk to. This is
3: true. And I understand your excitement. I am excited. So, but this time you can, for the first time, officially announce it so that everybody knows who it is.
2: You know what? I'm going to do that. So, all the way from Peterhead, Scotland, via Dana Point, California, we have seven-time world caber champion, Francis Brebner. Woo! Hello, Francis.
4: Hi. Hey, thanks for inviting me on your show. Thank you.
2: No, thank you, sir. Welcome to Fork Talk, Francis. We'll go ahead and we'll we'll, we'll roll right into some questions for you here. Yep. Go ahead.
3: Francis, um, you so originally from Scotland. How long have you been an expat living in in, in California?
4: Uh, it is uh, ten years exactly since I uh, uprooted uh, and left uh, Scotland. And living in Dana Point, what brought you California?
3: What brought you to California?
4: Oh, well, I met my wife in two thousand three. We actually made it the the Arnold Classic in Ohio, big show there. Wife at the time was working for Matrix and Nutrition Company, and uh, I was here, you know, just helping set up for the uh, the strongman event. And uh, actually, Belle Kazmaier actually introduced me and my wife. Is that and, right? Uh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, you know.
2: Who would have thought Bill Kazmaier, matchmaker? <laughs> <laughs> matchmaker. Yeah,
4: matchmaker. yep. That's amazing. And love just blossomed, you know. And within six, seven months, we uh, we got married, oh. you know. Well,
2: I'll tell you what, I mean, to to get a person to come not only from their home country, but all the way across our country, they end up in uh, California, you know, obviously uh, she must have got something going on.
4: True. Oh, you know. Besides the cooking, <laughs> yeah. Besides the, you know, California is probably one of the best places to live. Uh, you know, with other places I've travelled, New Zealand's, you know, probably my number one, mm-hmm. uh, just because it, it's so much like Scotland. The uh, everywhere you look, you know, the scenery. But here in California, the weather's nice, practically all year long, and and. Uh, uh, so it wasn't a, it wasn't too hard to
3: sail down here by no means. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, we've got more of the Scottish weather up in the Pacific Northwest here. We got a lot more rain and uh and uh a few a few months of the year when it's really nice, just like Scotland. When when Scotland's beautiful and sunny, it's there's not a better place in the world to be. But uh it does help to have it nicer, longer in Cali.
4: Yeah, you know you know, son, I agree with you. you know, there's there's near nicer place in Scotland. But the thing is getting the weather. There's only a time frame from June to maybe August <laughs> for the weather is is kinda of half decent. The, mm. the the winters are very, very harsh, you know. Uh and you know, I, I get too uh too fed up with, you know. I uh, it was it was my plan to to uh, either go to uh, likes uh, uh new zealand or some other place once i finished up throwing but you know the way it turned out you know i ended up here in, in california thanks to bill Cosmere. so thanks <laughs> bill if you're listening in
3: <laughs> he better be listening <laughs> yeah. well it gets too hot and you get the midges in scotland too and they bite like nasty the midgets now midges! the
4: midges oh my goodness the you midges. know there's one game that I can remember on and that's uh, Isle of Skye very nice games up there in, mm. in Portree and the midges are so thick I remember one year uh, Bruce Edkin the midges that took a light into Bruce Bruce was actually rubbing on as ralgics which is the, the, like deep heat which was burning his face but he, he, it was better than feeling the sting of the midges I never forgot that you know but, yeah, they're pretty pretty bad. The midges, especially the the, the midges for the for the West Coast here.
2: You know. I'll tell you what: if a midget ever bit me, I'd be pissed off.
3: Well, there's a lot of them. I mean, it's just like it's just be, it's like in being in the northwards of Minnesota and the mosquitoes why are, are the size of birds and they're coming after you. It's nasty.
2: Why are there so many midgets there? Why are there so many tiny people? <laughs> You got just it. said you guys are talking about midgets Not biting people. Midgets, midgets. Oh, midgets. Okay, I thought you were talking about little people. Gee, you are yeah. Terrible. My apologies go out to any midget. I mean, little people that listen <laughs> to the show. <Jeez. laughs> so, what's a midge? Is it just an insect of some sort?
3: Yeah, it's like a, it's like a little biting fly type of thing, and hmm. they're just they're nasty. Interesting. Yeah. Well, big teeth. They got big. They got big teeth. <laughs> that, that they do. Well, some yeah, midgets they, probably they, they have big teeth. Just
4: think of a flying piranha fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
3: right, absolutely right. Hey, um, Francis, how many um, how many records have you actually held? I mean, seven Caber championships is insane, but that, I bet you because you're an all-around great thrower, I, I imagine you had some more than that.
2: Is that accurate? Seven world time, yeah. seven Caber uh, championships, Fra- Francis, or is it eight?
4: Yes, uh, no, seven times world the uh, Kaber champion, but then all I won. Uh, Thirty-five national titles in my throwing career
2: altogether. Wow. Holy you know, cow! Seventy-five. That's insane. Yeah. moly! I got I got excited because I won a state championship in Mississippi.
3: <laughs> well, you've been known to throw the uh, the lightweight for distance a good fair distance.
4: Well, I, I uh, held the world record for a short while, uh, three or four years, uh, ninety-four feet one, but I also held the the £56-pound weight for uh, about 10 years. Wow. It was broken a couple of times in between here, but I always got a record back. <laughs> I broke it uh, several times altogether. and uh, But I held uh, both weights uh, at the same time. It was something I chased for quite a while. And mm-hmm. uh, the 56 for distance, I think uh, I held that from 89 or thereabouts, if I remember. Uh, but I, I wanted the 28th, uh, and I finally got it in mm-hmm. Randall, USA. And had a great battle that day between Marcel and Ryan Vera. Big throws were were getting launched. Uh, you know, opening throws were close in 90 feet, and the uh, Ryan pushed them all the way. You
3: know. Wow! It helps to have someone pushing you, yeah.
4: Well, oh, yeah, it, yeah, of course, yeah, it helps. And anything you're doing, you do, you, you need that rivalry. You need that. That's spot on. It just pushes you a little bit. more to train harder, you know. Who are the yeah,
3: need <laughs> Who are some of the guys over the years that have been your nemesis? Your, you know, the the guy that that you, you, that pushes you to to go further, and uh, and then you review it over uh, beer at the beer garden afterwards.
4: Yeah, of course, like uh, Ryan, you know, he he's probably one of the best all-timers along with Matt Sanford. Uh, but during the 90s in Scotland, it was very, very tough competition. Uh, you know, Alistair Gunn, uh, George Patience, Gordon Martin, uh, just to mention a few, you know. Uh, right. Big, big, big throwing back then, especially in the hammers and uh, the weights and the, the putts back then, you know.
2: Did you ever have any practice throws that were maybe even further than some of your records?
4: Oh yeah, in, in the weights, uh, mostly all my uh, practicing, I I better throws, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you, you, you're near, you're in a good board that's gonna trap you up or whatever. Right. Uh, but but it, it matters on the day what you can do on the day, you know.
0: Uh-huh.
4: And, uh And that's what it all comes down to, you know. True. But you're on a field, you know. You could be nice and relaxed uh, practicing, but once you get on the field and it's a major event you know the pressure start to show you can tighten up especially in the hammers mm. uh, the putts and all that. You, you know how it is right you know yeah. you just kind of keep yourself together especially in a championship because doing during the last event you, and you let the nerves get you it's gone that's
2: you know, true yep.
4: you just kind of hold it all together
3: that's good advice know? for uh for new throwers is being able to try and get your head out of it and uh, be relaxed in the in the competition even though you're Kind of wound up because um, there's probably a fine line there, isn't there, Francis? Between kind of getting pumped up and jacked up for for a big throw, but also staying loose enough that you can stay long and not tighten up and, and shorten up.
4: Yeah, you know, and I, I used to do a lot when I was uh, competing. You know, uh, I, I would I, I would something's tighten up and uh, you know just just let it, again pressures getting. But, you know, you got to remember, and we were starting out in Scotland. There was near amateurs. Uh, back then, for us who were competing, we were right into the the Glenfiddich amateur league in there, Once you won that, that was you. You were right into the the, the mix with the professionals, you know. So, yeah. You so you're competing with the likes back then in the in the late eighties. You're speaking like Bill Anderson. Uh, Grant yeah. Anderson Hamish Davidson Brian Robin, Jeff Capes that was the guys you were up against you
2: know right well, not a shabby not a shabby bunch of guys to be thrown against for sure definitely <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep. well and, and in 75 uh, wins um, um, championships I mean you, you've you thrown all over the world then yeah
4: yep and competed all over you know just a few comes to mind you know like Tokyo uh, Brazil Waipu, New Zealand, Australia. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate, you know, competing in a lot of a nice places around the world. I just have to say, Waipu, New Zealand, that was a, a great experience for me. Uh, that was back in 96, very first time. Uh, I went to New Zealand, competed there in Waipu, uh, just north of Auckland. And uh, very nice games, very strong Scottish... Uh, a group of people there, you know, lot the their people immigrated for the for the far northeast uh, Scotland uh, a village called uh, Loch Inver. Really? And, uh, Reverend Norman, yeah, Reverend Norman Cloud took uh, his flock. They went to Canada. They sailed there for a while. They went to Australia, but then they went to uh, New Zealand and they settled down there. And again, one of the, the interesting. Uh, that's for me was uh, I grander to to New Zealand. And you go into a museum, and here you would see all the artifacts of the people that come over in the ships, all the oil paintings and mm-hmm. uh, different tools and stuff, and their names. And then you go to the the, the, the cemetery, and here's the the, the the gravestones of the people that you've just uh, you know you've been reading up on in the museum. Uh-huh. And then you go into the town, and here's the. <laughs> Here's the the, the their uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren. It's it's running uh, uh, stores and shops here, you know. Wow. That's
2: amazing. Yeah, wow. that's uh, really amazing, amazing
4: history, yeah. amazing history, and they've kept the games on. You know, it's it's over 150 years that they've, they've kept games uh, running for in uh, Waipu, New Zealand. I would have never imagined. One of the that. best games in the world.
2: I would have never imagined that they had uh, settlers there in uh, in New Zealand. That's amazing. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the
3: one of the things we take for granted nowadays because it's so easy to just record video um on your phone or on a small um a camcorder but um Francis Big Daddy was I mean he's a bit of ahead of his time I mean in the in the 90s Francis you guys were on television occasionally I mean the some of the early competitions were actually televised both overseas and in the US right
2: Yeah ultimate heavy athletics Yeah, yeah. Yep I,
4: um Probably in the late uh, 90s, uh, I remember right, the Celtic Classic.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, that game's has really grown big as last few decades. Probably one of the biggest in the in the world, and they were getting filmed uh, by uh, Larry Rosen, uh, a film company there. And then it was picked up by uh, UHA, mm-hmm. Ultimate Heavy Athletics, and right. uh, that was a real boost to the games in America. You know, and yeah. for athletes uh, getting involved in it. So it was, that was really a big boost. And I could see all this, you know, it, it's going to come within the next few years. We're going to see more Highland Games uh, being promoted on, on TV. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's really big in Europe just now. Right. And uh, although it's televised, well, nearly all the IHGF events are, are televised for European TV. And it's really growing at, at, at a rapid rate Uh we're getting a lot of the Baltic uh, countries. It's uh, strength related you know, in mm-hmm. the strongman field. They're coming in, in a crossover, strongman into, into Highland Games. And the kind of Highland Games, strongman uh, events combined uh, seems to, to go over well there, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: right.
2: Well, and then um, going back to the the UHA, actually, I, I still have two uh vhs videotapes of a couple of those uh events and uh mm-hmm. they were very nicely done and if you ask if if people if they say well what do you do and uh and you say well i'm uh i've thrown the highland games oh i've seen that on tv and it's usually they're referring to those old um <laughs> those old shows you know yep
4: yep so i got it uh, quite a lot as well yeah uh, feel about the the
2: ESPN shows you know
3: Yeah so they they gave a lot of exposure to the sport definitely So Oh yeah yep Well hopefully we can keep keep that going cuz I would really like to see ESPN 8 the Ocho with the <laughs> all Highland Games channel hour. 24/7 Highland Games <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well yeah. you know they could have the host could be Francis Brebner for for, for sure
4: oh, oh yes you know
2: and, uh, well,
4: have... One of the things we we do when we're at uh, these shows, especially in Europe, is that uh, we're filming them ourselves, myself and Ryan. Uh-huh. And Ryan's really he's really good at the uh, the angles to take all the, the 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 footage from and the editing. He's he's <clears> really good at you know. So it's a good fit for Ryan, you know, oh. as he transgresses for the for the throwing into the. You know the, the judge in, in his will is a is a felman
2: though. You know, oh, found a little niche for himself there.
3: Well, and for people that don't, so for people that don't know that are listening, um, so your relationship with Ryan Vieira over the years, throwing and competing together, um, obviously you had a friendship, and that's evolved into the IHGF, right? The organization that you guys both are really founded yeah. and, and are a part of, and 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 tell tell us a little bit about you know what the the mission of that group is?
4: Well, the IHGF, I founded this in 2001, and uh, to date we've got 23 countries affiliated. And uh, these countries are now adopting the, the traditional sport, the Highland Games. And the IHGF uh, will sanction world championship events, uh, ship events and national uh, championship events. So that we will go in, we will judge it, we will... Uh, Make sure everything's above board. Everything weighs in with the weights. There's drug testing, and uh, we're, we're making a, a statement stone for the, the amateur ranks for the athletes, for they can compete in a world amateur championships. And for there, the next step would be to the to turn professional. You know, like for this year, we've got the the world IGF amateur championships are going to be held in Germany. Now the nice. winner. Well, that championships there will be guaranteed a sport for the following year in IGF World Professional Championships. So it's a good stepping stone for them, you know.
3: Excellent.
2: Yeah, that would be a great stepping stone. So um, that noise in the background, by the way, is probably somebody's it's, alarm clocker. No, it's you know. the
3: it's the Fork Talk hotline. People trying to get into the show. <laughs> it's it's sorry. It's it's, it's popular, Francis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're, they're probably wanting to talk to him. Yeah, and they don't realize we don't have that particular technology yeah, yet.
2: That's not going to happen. No one's talking to Francis but you and I, and that's it. I don't yeah, care what Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, it, So the IHGF, you're actually going to be holding the Professional World Championships uh, right there in your hometown. Is that right? Yep.
4: We're, we're going to be hosting the IHGF World Highland Games Professional Championships here in Denner Point, the, the California Celtic Classic World Highland Games and Festival. That's going to be the 24th. 25th of August mm-hmm. and 12 of the world's top ranking athletes will be brought in to compete over two days, eight events where one of them will be become world champion for 2013. But in addition to the to the, the world professional championships, we've also got an uh, IEGF All-American Island Games Championships where the winner of that championships will be secured a spot in the IGF World Amateur Championships for
2: 2014, and we'll get the the, the way here to the the world championships. Oh, nice! You know. Yeah, that's a decent thing. We talked about this before, um, but like uh, like I said the last time, I think uh, fork talk could uh, come down there to the world championships and uh, do a little segment there, do some interviews with the athletes. You know, Ooh, a,
3: li- a live broadcast, a I live
2: broadcast. I- Here's what we do. I okay? like the way you think. I got figure it figured out. Francis and Ryan. Okay, they're yeah. big rich guys, you know. <laughs> so they're gonna they're gonna pay our flights to come down, here. you yeah, know, we can use points if they want us. That's fine. i got First oh. class, first class. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, I'm not. I didn't say oh. that. You did.
4: <laughs> on, on a Learjet.
2: Yeah, whatever you want to send us on, you know, Greyhound bus, whatever. The G four is
3: gassed up and ready.
2: Yeah, whatever, whatever you think, of Zeppelin. We don't care, you know.
3: <laughs> Zeppelin. You know. Zeppelin.
2: You get us down there. You know we put you put us up in a five star hotel, i.e., uh, the upstairs of your house, probably. <laughs> and uh, six star, six star for you
4: guys.
0: Six star,
2: chauffeur
4: driven, chauffeur driven limo <laughs> all the way, driven yeah. by
2: none other than the current world champion Matt Vincent. How about that? That'd be perfect. He can be our chauffeur. <laughs> I like wow, that. Yeah. you,
3: you, when you dream, you dream big, dude. Well, he's
2: he's filling it up. I'm I'm just sending it out there, and then Francis is hitting. Them. I do Yeah, play. no, that's, that's a
3: good thing. You, <laughs> you
4: go to shoot high, you go to shoot high. So yeah, that's, that's right. a Good thing. So yeah.
2: we'll we'll pull in on a Greyhound bus and stay at some flea bag hotels. Probably will end up happening.
3: <laughs> right. It'll still be awesome.
2: Right. Cool. So, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely we'll come down there. We'll represent. We'll yeah. give you guys a lot of exposure.
3: Hey, Francis, what's your uh, what's your favorite event or events? Uh,
4: uh, throwing a 28-pound weight for distance and uh, the cable, you know, that would probably be my, my favorite event. I was throwing a 56 as well, of course.
0: You know. Sure, yep.
4: You know, that was one of the events that, uh, that the the weights had come it come easy to begin with, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It, Obviously, again, <laughs> everything takes time. It takes quite a, a few years to kind of hone your skills and everything. It doesn't just happen just in a in just a few years, you know, it takes it takes time to kinda do everything to come together. Right. you know, you can you have you have one bad event and it can cost you a championship. You're kinda yeah. gonna hear everything evened out and have no weaknesses, you
0: know. Right. I,
3: I think you see that in any professional sport, Big Daddy. Like, you know, if you've if you've ever been to say a professional um golf match, for example, I, I was at the two thousand and five um uh, Masters, or I'm sorry, a British Open in uh, at uh, St Andrews, and you're standing there, and up walks uh, you know Tom Watson. Who's and, that? And, what?
2: Tom Watson, famous golfer. He's a famous golfer. Yeah,
3: and and does he,
2: he does he know Arnold Palmer?
3: Uh, he does. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know him. And he, um, but but you know, just sitting there, and he's swinging, and it just looks effortless, right? And mm-hmm. and the the ball just explodes off the club and and goes down the field and and i think professionally when you see a a pro do that you know they they make it look that way right when we were when we were in boise so uh we went to a clinic that ryan and francis put on you and i yes Yes, and and, and anyone who ever gets the opportunity if they're putting on a clinic you need to get there um because it is money well spent um but we were practicing. So, and I'd met Ryan and been at one of his clinics before, but it was the first opportunity to meet Francis in right. person, which was awesome. Yes. And he was giving us weight for distance uh, advice, right? And, mm-hmm. and he was talking about that. And I was r- referring to the fact that uh, our local pro. John Oden, who's really helped with our early, uh, evolving right? shout out to John Odin. John Odin. He's, he's a, he's, he's the kind of guy that likes to break things down and okay. So you're in this position and you're playing tug of war and you think about this and then you turn and you think about this. And, and so Francis is helping us and I say, so w- when you finish your first turn and you're going into the sprint, what is it, what is it you're keying or thinking about at that point? And Francis like looks at me like I have two heads and says, uh, i'm moving too fast at that point it's gone
2: his exact words were it's a blur
3: it's a blur <laughs> um but it yeah. but it's true because he he really has he he pointed out that he has a one key point where you pivot on your left foot look mm-hmm. into your left right and as soon as that's established boom you're already in your turn and it's so quick after that that you it's just all the the rote memory of, mm-hmm. of that you've put in in, a, in all that practice right yeah.
2: and i have to say too i was at that very clinic and um, you know, Ryan Vieira, a uh, five time world champion, class act, awesome, nice guy. Met him a, f- a number of times. I've always, I've never had anything bad to say about him, and nobody ever talks bad about him because he's just a good guy. Francis Brebner, same, same. You know, my second time meeting Francis uh, was at that uh, clinic. My first time was at Pleasanton this year. I was fortunate enough to be there. And um, I have to say, you know, during a clinic, you know, you want to learn as much as you humanly possibly can. And you would think, you know, well, this might get rushed or that might get rushed. But Francis uh, and Ryan both took the time, no matter what your skill level was, to actually help you, you know, get better at your throws. And we stayed there till dark. We did, yeah. In fact, they were turning cabers when it was almost too dangerous to turn cabers. <laughs> <'cause> it, was, <laughs> it, it was black. That's right,
4: yeah. <laughs> so like next time, we need, we need some flood lumps Yeah. <laughs> keep it going.
2: That's a good idea. Yeah. Yep. Point the cars and, at the
4: field. It, I was I was at great games, by the way, I thought. You know, a pro-masters here, and Tom Jarzian and his team did a great job uh, setting up that games, and it was it was well-run here. I enjoyed myself. Yeah, you
2: know. Brett and I, you know, we uh, that was my first time doing that games. I think it was Brett's third, right? Right, yeah. Um, and uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I felt quite at home. They made us feel very comfortable. Um, we had a good, you know, great day of throwing. It was awesome weather, and, you know, and we had a nice time even afterward. You know, we all went out and had uh, some beers and, and chatted and had a great time.
3: It was good, yeah. Yeah, that's
2: it's one of my favorite games actually of the year.
3: That's when you when you get a couple of Guinness in uh, Francis, the Scottish accent gets <laughs> thicker and thicker, and then he starts talking to you in some uh, local dialect of the fishing village where he's from, and then you really can't understand him.
4: Yeah, w- w- once uh, once it gets into the Doric. Uh, that's it. Not many people can understand. It's like a hidden language.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Give
2: us a little sample of that, Francis. Give us a little sample of that, uh, that fishing language.
4: Okay. For the northeast of Scotland, it's uh, typically a-, a fishing and farming dialect. Uh, uh, I suppose you can say like a-, a bit of a slang. But for example, if I used to, to say, f- Faraboochee being
2: a day. And that means?
4: Yeah, I, rem- I remember one time I... Uh, <laughs> jim McGoldrick. this was when i first met him i said oh uh, fur boots and he goes fur boots what are you talking <laughs> about fur boots and i thought mr i said no i said whereabouts but in scotland farra fur boots right. it was fur boots you know fur boots so, <laughs> so if i used to say if i used to say to you guys who, who who's it gonna do i'm basically saying How, how's it going today Hmm. And Dora, who's a gun this, you
2: know? I'd probably... I'd
4: give you an idea to type it along with, you
2: know. I would try to be polite and say, yeah, you're right, absolutely, 100%.
3: This is why. This is why, Big Daddy, when you when we interviewed Ryan Vieira, you said um, he recommended we should have Francis on, which was a no brainer. Absolutely. And he and you said, "Is there a translator that comes with that?" <laughs> well,
2: it was only because the last time I talked to him, we were in Idaho, and we, you know, I'd had a few beers in me too, so
3: you were having trouble.
2: Yeah, I was having trouble. Actually, I was having trouble in understanding anybody that talked to me at that time. So. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. It, Let's switch gears a little bit. I want to get back to uh, the TV thing because, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, as we all are, you know, television. And we know the exposure that uh, television gives sports and such. Right. And, um, I mean, you've been on TV a few times, Francis. In fact, besides the uh, Ultimate Heavy Athletics, uh, you also did a game show. Uh, I think it it was for the BBC. And it was you and Alistair Gunn. And you had barrels, and you were turning cabers into the barrels, as I recall. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's right, yeah. yeah. That,
4: was a show, that was a show we did back in 1996, uh, just prior, uh, a few weeks prior before we left for uh, New Zealand for the World Championships. But that, that show, you bet, uh, we did toss in <laughs> about 90 pounds, if I remember, 80 or 90 pounds would have been in weight, and about maybe... We're about fourteen feet or so, mm-hmm. and we did toss uh, uh, two cables into each uh, basket. Well, I think we had a minute to do that. Right. So basically, the audience they had remotes, uh, a button saying yes or no, and they had to press a button, <laughs> thinking, you know, are, are they are they going to be able to toss us cables into baskets with, with, within a minute? a set amount of the cables.
2: So they're betting for you or, or against you, basically. but so the the audience is betting either for you or against you.
3: So yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> but, but,
4: but in but in rehearsals, you know, it was either a hit or a miss. But just <laughs> luckily enough, when it come to the the actual show, it come down to the last few seconds. We we just nailed it. Just just with a few seconds to go. That was a good show. Yeah. A really. Good show.
2: I saw it on. Um, I think I saw it on YouTube, and I it was it was remarkable because you got to picture this. You got basically a stage like you'd see on the Price is Right, okay? Right, in a studio
3: you, somewhere. Yeah, in
2: a studio. You got an announcer, okay? And you got these two, you know, you got Alistair Gunn, you got Francis Brebner, you know. They're in their kilts and tank tops, all right? So you got these two <laughs> behemoths on stage, right? And they're, they're turning these cabers, and, and, and I, I originally thought they, they're not, they don't have to put those in, in the barrels, do they? Well, the barrels are like oil drums. Yeah. Right? They did. That was the preface of the game. They had to get the. They had to turn the caber into the barrel.
3: That's insanely hard. I mean, if for no, for anybody who has not tried to turn a caber, run or walk with a caber, right. to place where it, the end is going to th- go in is significantly challenging. And those who don't uh, know, Alistair, gun, right, right. Uh, it, also an icon in the sport. Oh yeah, um, yeah Known primarily really for his hammer throwing. Is mm-hmm. it, isn't that fair to say that? I mean. He was Mr. Oh, he was probably, yeah. yeah, he was probably
4: one of the best uh, hammer throwers, uh, you know, along with Stephen King mm-hmm. and Bruce Hedkin that's uh, yeah. come out of Scotland. You I know? mean, we're talking
3: 150 feet hammer throws, right? right? I mean, just right. massive.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. And uh, and
2: Alistair Gunn was known as a Giant Killer because he wasn't a very, you know, by Highland Game standards, he wasn't very big. You know, by average guy standards, he was probably quite big, you know, at 5'10 and 240. Right. Um. But then of course then you got Francis Brebner, who's what, five eleven, five ten, and uh, three hundred pounds at the time, were you?
4: At my heaviest, the uh, three or five. Actually I was actually the heaviest uh roundabout when we did that show, you bet, uh-huh. just before we went to New Zealand. Uh three oh five. It's five foot ten, yeah.
3: Right. Wow. Right. That's a lot, that's a lot of power in five ten. That is. But
4: now no, I'm doing the slim
3: 220. <laughs> you do. He looks fantastic. He's one of those athletes that hasn't let you know the uh, the strongman gut become the strongman gut, right? Uh, I mean, Francis is nice and trim. Looks he, good. You know,
2: Francis looks like a, I, I saw the first time I saw Francis in person was at Pleasanton. We were in the uh, we had just gotten there. My wife and I had just gotten to the uh, to the hotel, and he was standing there with uh, Steve Conway. And uh, David Webster. David Webster also, I mean, the encyclopedia of anything strong or heavy is David Webster, okay? (laughs) And then you got Steve Conway, who is the athletic director for the uh, Pleasanton Pleasanton. Games, and and just an awesome guy, by the way. And so Francis uh, was standing there. He looks like a cartoon character, okay, because he's just... You know, got these big bulbous muscles, these big bulbous arms and, and, and stuff. and
3: Tiny little waist. Yeah,
2: and you're just looking at him in awe. But he was, you know, you look really good, I, I have to say. You've definitely kept it up.
4: Well, I think one of the things, you know, when you, when you finish competing in any sport, you, you didn't eat the same and you, you do not get the same desire to train heavy. Right. And the best thing to do, you know, is, is actually to, you can lean out and, and, uh, you know, rather than keep mm-hmm. keep the, the, the ball, you know, there's no
2: reason to, you know. Right. Well, the, the thing is, too, is you, you know, you you obviously still keep up the physical culture. You know, you're still into you're still into lifting, but you're just not into lifting like you were back when you were throwing.
4: Yeah. I, I do basically a routine for it's uh, it's 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 like a light, uh, moderately light heavy bodybuilding mm-hmm. kind of pump and routine. That's basically it. You know, all right. that's all. That's all I do now. Well, you know? what was,
2: when you were competing, what was your favorite lift? What was, what was the lift that you liked to do the most? I mean, some people like bench press, some people like squat. What would you say was your favorite lift?
4: Uh, I used to do a lot of uh, shoulder exercises, mm-hmm. uh, chest for legs like, to throw in the weights. Uh, I could straight fly. I'd straight out 70-pound uh, dumbbells,
0: mm.
4: and I would uh, work up to 120. But I'd, That would be bend-arm dumbbells, you
0: know. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: Oh. And a lot of shoulder press in, uh, you know, I'd work 100-pound dumbbells to 120 at times, you know.
2: I guess that's why you're in oh,
4: it was, That was some of my favorite exercises, you know.
2: Right. I guess that's why your your nickname was The Tank. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. That's right. right. Now you're go, you're going back to the the, the the shows with Larry Rosen and them. Yeah, back hey. to the yeah to buddy. Francis, I I did my homework,
2: brother. I did my homework on you, buddy.
3: <laughs> well now he <laughs> the the You Bet T V program wasn't his only as well. He's had recent uh T V experience as well.
2: Absolutely, yes. Right. Yep.
3: There's that uh show, what is it, Ultimate Warrior or something like that, Francis?
4: I was deadliest warrior? Deadliest, deadliest warrior, right? Yeah, and, yeah.
3: and and deadliest and how in God's name did you let the Persians or Zulus or whatever <laughs> it was beat the Celts? You were representing the Celts, right? Yeah, I was representing
4: the Celts. And, no, he was yeah, representing the Zulus. Was there was a glitch in the computer. I'm thinking,
3: you know, right? <laughs> there was exactly. Yeah. There's some bias. That was good fun. That was good fun. You know, I enjoyed the uh, doing that show.
4: Sure. You know, testing out the weapons and.
0: And stuff, you know, that was good.
2: You represented quite well, I have to say. And uh, a lot of people, when they when they remember that show, it seems that they remember that segment more than any other segment. And uh, one thing I have to say is, I thought one of those guys, one of those Persian guys, got kind of snotty. And uh, during during the filming, and maybe they just did that for TV, but I was thinking that maybe after the show, you beat the hell out of them. Is that what happened?
4: No, no, everything was, everything was uh, okay. You know?
2: uh, come on, Francis. What would you do to him? You punched him in the face.
4: Well, he disappeared. I can't <laughs> uh, what did you,
3: did you have a... I'm trying to remember. Did you have, like, giant uh, Claymore-type broadswords and chopping things? It, well, it was
4: actually a short sword and a barba club and a spear and uh, it was... Uh, was, some, uh, was it a
2: claymore? Was it, it was. No, it wasn't a no. claymore. Uh,
4: what, what did you. Fling.
3: A sling. Oh, a sling. I think I was a
4: four. I think, yeah, I think that was a four. The, the short sword.
3: What did you spear?
4: club. And the spear, yeah. Right. What did you see? Uh, w- there was actually, like, yeah, moving targets. And uh, <laughs> there was actually carcasses of pigs that was, was hanged up. Mm. And the spears just went through the carcass just like butter. Nice. You know, I tell. I tell. Effective a spear was just right through the the, the carcass.
2: I think know? they they should have done the show in realism, and just had the other guys run across the stage and then you spear them. I love the
3: way I love the way a Scotsman <laughs> says goes through a carcass like butter.
2: <laughs> yeah. better watch out. I think Brett's uh, Brett's getting kind of turned on over here.
3: Hey, I, easy.
2: You easy. <laughs> okay, so um, we talked about the IHGF, and of course, you know that seems to be your passion these days. You and Ryan Vieira running that, and you got the World Championships in Dana Point, which uh, Fork Talk would be happy to come down and cover. Like I said, tell us a little. Let's let's talk. Let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about some history. Tell me. Oh, yeah. Tell oh, well, the
4: history. The, the history. You know, it's it's a unique sport.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Island Games and we used to look at the, the the grassroots of it, it dates back, you know, there's some uh, writings that you can go back to 750 or thereabouts, but actually, it, it looks like it goes back further to 1500 BC. Wow. Now, just think about for a minute. 1500 BC, back to the Tilton Games in Ireland there. You know, there was right. a Games... Uh, it, uh, it uh, was established, uh, if I remember right, mm-hmm. it was uh, King Lampada, And this was in celebration of his foster mother. It was a funeral, as, as event was put on for. And
0: right. you
4: know, all the, the, the chieftains, and it was attended by kings and nobles, would come to this, this, this event, you know. Right. But this is for it all... It all uh, uh, started from and then the, the Irish made their way across to Scotland uh and so there events kinda of flourished. But <clears throat> all the throwing events as we see today become formalized and packaged up in eighteen twenty.
0: Mm, wow, some
4: are near yeah, but some are so old some events are near so old as others, you know, like throwing the weights
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh, for distance, wait on the bar goes back, you know the wait on the bar goes back just over two hundred years. Right. Uh, and uh, then uh, throwing weights for distance, a little bit more than that. But obviously, all the events like throwing a hammer, you know, was an original anvil hammer that they threw for a start. Mm-hmm. Uh, cable tossing, it was a, a woodsman sport. And stone pot, And that was probably one of the oldest, due to throwing disciplines, you know.
3: Yeah, that makes sense that stone <laughs> would
2: be one of the older ones. <laughs> You know. Why do you think that was, Haas? It's, it's,
4: it's a, a unique history. When you think, <laughs> it, their sports have spread to nearly every country right. in the world. You know, and here they are in Europe. Right. It's exploded. This last few years alone, it's exploded big time.
2: Well, I see where Germany has probably, Germany has their own Highland Games Federation. The, yes, the, yep, the, the GHGF.
4: Yep, they're yeah. affiliated to the IHGF. Right. As I was telling you, we've got 23 countries affiliated. Mm, that's and, amazing. Uh, and we've got the Hungarian Highland Games Federation. Right. They're really doing a lot there. Adam Darius, the promoter here. He's, uh, he's spreading the Highland Games. Uh, you know, he's putting on quite a lot of shows which are getting filmed uh, throughout Europe. So it's really, it's really exploding uh, on a big scale. and. As I say, I, I, the next couple of years, uh, I could see Batman Top again for, you know, viewing it uh, 20 years ago for it was on ESPN. It's going to be uh, Batman Top again. For our event here on Dana Point, that's going to be filmed for uh, TV here in uh, parts of the U.S. You know, So we're looking forward to developing that and devel- developing other events. Uh, right. Yeah uh, with an
0: American for T V also, you know.
2: Well that'll be great. I mean it'll be on TV, you know, you guys will be on Fork Talk. I mean once once fork once you guys are on Fork Talk, let me tell you something. Uh you guys yeah. are gonna explode. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Francis is gonna be a household name.
3: Pretty much, yep.
2: You think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're know, gonna talk about bodybuilding. When you think of anything athletic, you're gonna say you're gonna talk about Francis Brebner. Okay? Because because he's on fork talk.
3: This is true. This is That's true. That's
2: right. And uh, you know, I mean He's got a face for Fort
3: Francis, where do you stand on this uh, this grand and beautiful sport that was kind of late to the games in Sheaf, even though it's Ooh. not a hugely popular Scottish event? Yeah,
2: what do you think about Sheaf there,
4: Francis? Well, uh, Sheaf, you know, it's it's near part of the aggregate in Scotland. Uh, in all my years of throwing, it's never been part of any games except maybe, let's see, Halkirk Kirk it in the series two two or, two or three and that's it you know mm-hmm. but, but typically it would be an event for the locals or the farmers or the tug of war uh, oh, okay. athletes this would be an event just for them but as far as, as I, I believe back in the 70s there was a, an American athlete early 70s I believe or maybe even before that, come over American, he went to one of these games. Where there was chief pitching, huh. and he took us back and introduced it to the games here. And for there, it's been uh, been part of the aggregate uh, uh, overall. But the,
2: that was my yeah, grandfather.
4: Pitching, you know, it, it's it's a good event, but I think when it comes to just a traditional uh, competition championship, the you know the, the, the traditional event should just be be included in aggregate. Like, I didn't believe in, you know, there's a lot of spinning over the bar in certain certain games I love it. I didn't believe that it should be part of a championship event because I do believe that oh, some of yeah. the athletes have gotten advantage over an athlete that's standing.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, okay, so so yeah. on, on Wob, you're you're in favor of no spinning on the Wob for any championship? No. Right? no. Yeah, or no spinning in sheaf, he would probably be up for too, <laughs> even though he doesn't even want sheaf <laughs> involved. Yeah.
4: I well, you know, in, in a sheath, you can do it anywhere, uh, but I don't believe you should be part of the, the aggregate points.
2: That does it. We are not coming I, I, to I, your I, world championship.
4: That's my, that's my opinion. You, 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 know. can, you can, or, or If it was, was, was going to be sheath, let it be standing. Then I spin.
2: Okay, well, I'll give you that much. But <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something, Francis Brebner. Okay. I'm telling you this right now. All right. You better get on board with sheaf, buddy.
0: <laughs> That's right. Because
2: the IHGF will not go anywhere until the sheaf is recognized. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll make sure of it. I'll make it my life's mission.
4: <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've seen in, in, in the in the past, I've seen the, a couple of actions for bicep tendons have actually snapped with the, with the sheaf. So.
2: That I don't. I think that's a that's a myth. <laughs> so uh, that's
4: why I'm 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 there for the sheath. Uh, I don't want the athletes to get injured, uh, especially with spinning. I don't I don't, I don't like it spinning
2: at all. Well, I'm with you. With, I'm with you with the spinning oh, there, there, but you, you know, uh, just because you're
3: not coordinated enough to spin, you're
2: right. I'm not. <laughs> but I'm you're not strong enough to get it over standing. How about that?
3: I, ouch! Gosh! Mm, okay. How do you like them apples? Yeah, it came right back at me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, dang.
2: So yeah. Hey. Well all right. Well we guess I guess we got Francis's point of view on the sheaf. Not that I'm very happy. Yeah, okay, but. thanks.
3: That's the interview. <laughs> thanks for right. no. Um Big Daddy, we could uh as always talk with our special guest, forever. Eva. Hey Francis, thanks for being on Fork Talk. It has been an absolute honor. Uh thanks for everything you do uh for the sport, have done for the sport and continue to do for the sport. So
2: Yeah, you continue to be an icon and we really appreciate your time and um uh, uh always look forward
4: to seeing you in person. Well, guys, thank you very much and uh, for inviting me on the Sport Talk and uh, keep it going. And uh, hope to see you in Dana Point 24th, 25th of August uh, for the IGF World Highland Games Professional Championships. And uh, anybody listening in that wants to check the website, go to CaliforniaKeldeClassic.com. Excellent.
2: Perfect, yeah. Hey, Perfect well, plug. If you want to, uh, we'll, we'll pitch that for the next couple of shows for you. No problem.
0: Heck, yeah.
2: yeah we well, do good. Good. All right. Oh, it doesn't get any better than that. Princess, have a great day. Thanks, man.
4: Okay, thank you very much.
2: All right. Cheers.
0: Bye-bye, boys.
4: Have fun storming the castle.
3: Think it the work? It
4: would take a miracle.
3: Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Big Daddy, that's the show. Yeah. Episode three in the can, baby. Man, oh, man. Hey, thanks for listening to Fork Talk.
2: Yeah, we need to thank our uh, special guests.
3: Yeah. Yes. Francis Brebner. Francis Brebner. Seven-time World Career champion. Fantastic. Yep. How about our sponsors? Thank them.
2: Yeah, we will thank them after we finish thanking Francis Brebner.
3: Oh, okay.
2: Because we need to tell the audience a little bit about what happened with Francis
3: today, don't you think? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, Big Daddy. You're right. Yeah. Yes.
2: So we call Francis Brebner. We do. Right. We call him. Actually, he calls us at 1 o'clock, like he told us he will. Yes. We get them on the phone. We're having technical difficulties. Call right. them back in 20 minutes. We finally get them. Right. We think we get the technical difficulties ironed out. Right. Yes. We do 39 and a half minutes of chatter with Francis Prebner.
3: Podcast gold.
2: Gold. Yeah. Gold. <laughs> I'm telling you, I got done with that. And I'm like, oh, we're going to get a Pulitzer Prize for this one, right? Well, we get done. We hang up. Goodbye, Francis. Nice talking to you, buddy. And what happens? Awesome.
3: Well, in the back of my mind this whole time, I'm seeing some some voice energy on the board. So I'm thinking everything's okay. But 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 the computer isn't showing me what I want to see. Right. I'm, I'm worried. And I should have stopped the whole thing yeah. early into it to check and see. But I didn't because I thought, well, I see it. It's, it's happening. Right. And you were excited because you're talking to Franz Brenner? I was. Yeah. I was excited. And so we play it back as we do. <laughs> and there's your and my dulcet tones. and big open spaces where Francis would be talking if we'd have been recording him.
2: Yeah. So the only option we had was either play that recording and then have me pretend I'm Francis (laughs) Brebner.
3: Which would have been bad. Which
2: would have been horrible because my (laughs) Scottish accent sucks.
3: Yes, yes.
2: And then the the other idea was maybe we can get him back on and do it again. Yes. So... No sooner than I say that, Francis Bremner calls me out of the blue because he wants to talk to me about something else, right? Yeah. He actually, I think he called me and to told me how awesome I am and, and how he's a big fan of mine. <laughs> and uh, so as we're talking about that, I said, you know, Francis, say, hey, you know, we got a little bit of a problem here. He goes,
3: Kinda, oh, what? Got to fess up.
2: He's like, what's that? I said, well, that whole recording, the 39 and a half minutes that we did, yeah, basically, yeah, it wasn't recording. Yeah. Haas screwed it up. And Francis Brebner doesn't miss it. He doesn't miss a a trick. He says, I guess we'll have to do it again. Ugh, I'm like, Well, when would you what, like to do that? We'll do it right now. What a gem. I'm telling you. And what he's a, at home. He's taking care of his kid, yep. you know, and he's, you know, he's at, at his house. It's his time, his Saturday. Yeah. Brilliant. You know, man. so all I got to say is, you know, I always talk about people, classy people. I always talk about classy people in Highland games. Yep. All right? Yep. And. He has got to be one of the classiest guys that we've ever come across. Yeah. You know?
3: I tell you, we're on a roll. We we're are. Ryan yeah. Vieira, we've been very Miles Wetzel, Francis Brebner. Yep. Doesn't get better. Mm. Just peaches of guys. Awesome. Yep. yep. I, I, I couldn't be. I couldn't have been more
2: thrilled. And I felt so bad for him. Felt bad for you too, Hoss, you know, because it, it, I'm sure it was embarrassing. I, I
3: was very upset with myself. Yeah. Yes.
2: Well, you should have been, and you should have been embarrassed. Shut
3: up and t- talk to our <laughs> sponsors. <laughs>
2: so anyway that's my big shout out to francis you know good guy god love him uh so i want to say thank you again to our sponsor the mattress ranch www.mattressranch.com and of course the g4 strength unit thank you for all you do for us
3: excellent um thanks to all the facebook page likes as well um people big daddy is you know hard to live with if he's unhappy that could be a little worry. Yeah. And so um, when he challenged on the last podcast that we needed those likes up, I appreciate that you've gotten us to 189. Woo-hoo. Closing in on 200. That's good. Let's keep that going because I don't want to have to live with him giving me grief about that yeah. anymore,
2: please. Still not that happy about it, but I'll take it. Yeah. So next time we're going to be talking about, uh, we got a new little bit we came up with. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's Olympic events okay. that we think should be ousted in favor of the Highland Games. Oh, I like okay? that. Yeah. And if not the entire, you know, nine event Highland Games, at least a sheaf. At least a few. Yeah, well, at least sheaf, All right, I mean, come on. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah.
3: Even though Brebner would not would disagree. Yeah. I, I got,
2: I still got a bone to pick with that guy. Yeah. We'll but have to have that out with him I actually later. think he was drinking. I think he might have been drunk at the time <laughs> when he told us to talk about
3: that. But... Mm.
2: But, yeah, we'll be talking about uh, current events again, historical figures, everybody's favorite. Like I always say, they're still talking about Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, they are. Uh, And, of course, we're going to have another special guest, and hopefully... You can keep your mouth shut. I can keep my damn mouth shut and (laughs) not blow it like I've done the last two episodes. That's
3: good. I like this last one. I'm very proud of you. Well, you know,
2: just keep feeding me fish heads and rice in that little tiny cubby hole they keep me in.
3: (laughs) The Fork Talk podcast comes out twice a month. Questions or comments, please email us at info at fork-talk.com. Or you can go on to Facebook, and that's Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Haas. One word. Yeah, until next time. May the fork be with you. You are the sheaf to my fork, Big Daddy.
2: Slunchamore, And Captain Quint, take it away.
4: Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston And so nevermore shall we
1: see you again Thanks for listening to Fork Talk with your she-fork-wielding, lovable host, Big Daddy and Haas. Check out www.fork-talk.com for more episodes. We throw heavy stuff for fun, people. Caber up!